My name's Rad, and I want to tell you about the Transformers. My curiosity is aroused. Hey folks, and welcome to Transformers Tuesdays, these fan holes spinoff show where we talk about Transformers all the time, every time. I'm Mike, I'll be your host tonight. And uh, tonight we are going to talk about, well, on a smaller scale, uh, we are going to talk about Transformers Unicron, which is the uh, six and a half, I guess, issue uh, miniseries that basically closes out the IDW Transformers continuity and I guess like the larger Hasbro like shared universe continuity uh, for the most part for the for the moment at least. And, uh, like, you know, in general, like, the ending of, you know, IDW Transformers all together. But, like, we're mostly going to be focused on, like, the Unicron miniseries and, like, mostly, like, John Barber's stuff. Because, uh, well, we might have other plans for, like, James Roberts, More Than Meets the Eye and Lost Light. Or, or we might have some, like, you know, random thoughts on it, like, towards the end of the show. But... Yeah, we're going to just lead off with Unicron and, you know, focus heavily on that. But uh, joining me tonight are... Hey, what's up? This is Derek, Derek WC, ready to roll out. This is Justin, and Cybertron and all its moons belong to me. Hey, guys, uh, um, this is Tony, and I'm a useless refugee, yay! (laughs) Yes, indeed. (laughs) Yes, indeedly-doodly. Okay, yes, so, Transformers Unicron. Unicron's been, you know, obviously he is the usually considered the ultimate villain in uh, like Transformers uh, history. Obviously, he's an appropriate way to like close out the entire continuity. And uh, I guess like he hasn't really been used like too heavily, like in the last three or four years. So like, you know, it wasn't like we we weren't suffering from Unicron fatigue like we were back in like, I don't know, like five or six years ago, maybe. But uh, like one of like last thing like uh, the 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 Unicron Gaia thing from Prime. Yeah, like that was probably like well, I mean, Transformers Five: The Last Night kind of like hinted at Unicron, and then he was like set up in a like after credit scene, but that wasn't really, and that probably won't go anywhere now. But but yeah, the like the his appearance in Transformers Prime was probably the last major usage of Unicron. So as far as like the IDW like universe goes, like Unicron's been mostly avoided for most of its life. Like he's been hinted at being out there and like existing, but like no one's really directly addressed him until very recently. And, you know, uh, like I said, it's it's obviously an appropriate way to end the continuity. And uh, yeah, but like I'm just going to read some background like information on it, like just so I'll, I'll shamelessly read it off the TF wiki. And then, you know, we're, we're, we're going to keep it loose. We'll just kind of, you know, share our thoughts on it. And, you know, we'll probably leap from like various topics and various points of interest. And, you know, we'll see where it takes us. But yeah, 
Transformers Unicron is a six-part bi-weekly crossover miniseries by IDW Publishing, which debuted in May 2018, with issue zero available as part of the free comic book day promotion. The third part of a loose trilogy that began with 2016's Revolution and continued with 2017's First Strike, the series serves as the grand finale to the IDW continuity in advance of a forthcoming reboot. The creative team, uh, the series is written by John Barber with art by Alex Milne and colors by both Sebastian Chang and David Garcia Cruz. Andrew Griffith will provide art in addition to Milne for the series double-sized final issue uh, along, and it doesn't say this here and someone should update this, but uh, also Kay Zama and Sarah Pitri Durocher also provided art for that final issue. And uh, six connecting B covers were done by Transformers veteran James Reyes. So, yeah, like uh, Transformers Unicron. Uh, basically, once Hasbro introduced this like shared universe with the Visionaries and G.I. Joe and Micronauts and ROM, like all existing in the same universe as Transformers. Um, it got crowded. Yeah, it got very crowded. Yes. And, you know, at the end of First Strike, they finally like flat out said after years of like, you know, avoiding him or hinting that Unicron is, in fact, out there. And like he was kind of reawakened by like magical energies, like unleashed by like the visionaries. Yay. Stupid visionaries. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yay. Good, jo- good job, visionaries. Yeah. I, I was just going to ask, like, like. Why? Why was the uh, impetus seem to be on uh, Barber to have as much first strike stuff? I mean, I know his Transformers are on Earth, so I guess that does make a little bit more sense. But like Roberts was just free and clear. He had no Micronauts, no fucking Visionaries, no stupid Visionaries. Like, like was the like impetus? I guess because Barber was kind of in charge of Transformers. Like, here you get the GI Joes and the fucking Visionaries and all this shit. It it seems like it. Like he was. For a long time, he was editor of both books, and like he was kind of the spearhead of this like uh, Hasbro shared universe, which was in fact like a mandate like from the company. So like you know, uh, obviously, I think he did the best he absolutely could trying to managing this stuff. But uh, yes. yeah, like I, I think he probably acted as a blocker for like James Roberts, like saying like you do whatever you want, and I'll I'll handle all this crap or whatever. But, I'll uh, take the bullet. <laughs> yeah, like I think Roberts only had that one like tie in issue to Revolution, like where it was like the scavengers on Earth or whatever. And they they met up with like some like made up G.I. Joe guy. And like and I think that's all Roberts did in terms of like tie ins or whatever. But but, you know, Barber is known as, you know, a, a stickler for continuity, like very a very good like manager and editor of stuff like that. So, like, I, I mean, probably- I'll, I'll give him credit. It, it, I mean, it was it's still messy because it's like a fucking ridiculous idea to try to pull off. But like, I don't think anybody would have done any better. Yeah, I mean, like him and like, it's funny because he like co-write or well, he, he works a lot with like Christos Gage and like I consider Christos Gage to be like a continuity, like, you know, stickler and someone who's good with like handling that and addressing old plot points and fixing errors and stuff. So like he, he's cut from the same cloth as that. And uh, that's probably why I, I do enjoy his writing most of the time because he, he tends to pick up on errors or even like the smallest little like, you know, idiosyncrasies in the, in the plot and then spin them into like, you know, things that make sense. I don't know. Like, f- let me ask like a general question of you guys. Like, what do you guys think of like 
Unicron as like a final like boss or whatever. Do you think it's like overused at this point? Do you think like, you know, when you heard this was going to happen, what was your initial like reaction that they were going to finally like bring Unicron in? And it was like, I think when they first announced it, it wasn't like it didn't say that this continuity was going to end with Unicron, but like, you know, he was just coming like, I, I don't know. So like, what do you, what do you, what are your general thoughts on that? My initial thought was, uh, destroy Unicron, kill the grand poobah, eliminate even the toughest stain. <laughs> um, I, 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 I would say like, there was a part of me that still had a little bit of Unicron fatigue because I, I really, I, I, you know, like quote unquote, I lived it like the, the whole early aughts where it was just like, you know, Unicron, Unicron, Unicron. But I will say that like, you know, before I started reading it, like the, uh, the, the teaser art with like Unicron looking really fucking evil and menacing. I was kind of like, this could be good. And, and, and like you said, Barber is pretty good about not steering us in a bad direction. And, you know, I will say like, if you've seen the Transformers the movie, which is is a pretty dark film for for kids anyway, like this was really dark at points. It was like, yeah, no one's going to live. We're all going to fucking die. You know, it was like that's like some of the you know mood you got. So, I, I think if you want to pull off Unicron being uh, the big bad, they 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 set a good tone at least. I'll give them that. I don't know that I necessarily had initial thoughts. Like I kind of feel like. Unicron ending the IDW universe almost seems like something that would be expected, I guess, especially since they had held off on him for so long. Like, they they kept it like an ace up their sleeve in case they needed it for later. And then I think the only other thing that I would say about the whole transaction, I guess, is I kind of feel like they wanted to maybe separate Unicron from some of the other iterations of Unicron that we'd seen in other, you know, whether it's like, you know, Transformers Prime or the, you know, original Transformers, the movie or, you know, Armada verse or, you know, what, what, whatever, wherever you encounter Unicron and got this Unicron fatigue from, like, I think they were hoping if they put their own IDW spin on Unicron, that would somehow alleviate the, the pressure of Unicron fatigue. So I, I guess, I, I don't find what they did unsuccessful in those terms. So, I mean, I, I think that version, this version of Unicron sort of stands on his own. I, I I do think it's, for me, it suffers a little bit from having to be involved so much within that mandated shared universe. Like, I, I, I have opinions about it, but I, I don't think it was a failed attempt. I just I just think some of those things seem a little strange to me. Would you say it's not your father's Unicron? (laughs) Possibly, possibly. Technically it is your father's Unicron and that like, you know, Unicron was created by like a, a grieving father. Like that's, like I, I guess you know, obviously I should have mentioned it, but like spoilers, like we're we're not gonna like you know shy away from or avoid stuff, but like just because just to like you know put it out there, like Unicron's origin basically is that he is a creation of a scientist from a world that was destroyed by like the Transformers, like like way way back in the distant past. And like he, it was basically a doomsday device that consumed like other planets, 
and you know it, it would basically you know consume other planets to kill like all cybertronians and you know at the core of unicron is like this the essence of the like scientist who like created him which which which, which like derek said that's definitely a, a unique take you know it's like uh because i mean like I, I think it's pretty safe to say that like no matter what iteration we've had so far Unicron has been either seen as like a godlike being or or something more mystical almost, you know? And it's it's funny because like they never named the scientist who like created Unicron, but people were suggesting he should be called Primacron. Oh, yeah, come on, say. get out of here. <laughs> yeah. I hate that. Hey, I'm sorry. Hey, that, hey. That, that's a great episode because of the animation, but all that backstory, like I I ignore that part i'm just like oh that little guy was crazy like he was insane <laughs> like come on <laughs> no. poor Bill i know yeah, no, like the little the little monkey boy or whatever yeah, yeah. <laughs> you are creator unfortunately yes grimlock laugh at little wimp who make big trouble but no, at least this wasn't like a little monkey boy and he had actual like reasons for building Unicron and it was like evil Jor-El or something. I don't know. Well, I guess <laughs> I guess since we're talking about it and this was something I wanted to mainly bring up with Justin because we probably have a, a shared private joke about this because of our uh, Aquaman coverage. But I, I was thinking about the Aquaman miniseries, you know, the camo suit miniseries because it's like essentially like... I have two takes on how this was ultimately resolved. My first take is they they got like a tablet from the fucking visionaries, which proves to be Unicron's kryptonite. But my other take on it is when you know Prime is in the 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 mindscape of Unicron and he's talking to that scientist father. Essentially, it's like it seems like he defeats Unicron by giving him a hug, and like. I know we I know we had that large yeah. discussion about Aquaman and you asked me how I felt about Aquaman telling Ocean Master who was his brother he loves him and that proved Orm's undoing and I was okay with that like I don't know that I'm okay with Optimus Prime giving Unicron a hug yeah. like like that that I, I'll just put that out there and then I I want to sort of apologize to Mike in advance cuz I feel like I probably, I get, like, from what I can tell, Mike enjoyed this. He thought the art was terrific. He thought it was a good finale to the IDW Transformers universe. I don't think I'm as harsh as Big Country was when he said, what a shitty ending to the Transformers universe. But I think I skew a little bit closer to Big Country than I do to you, Mike. Like, just because there's a lot of revolution tie-ins to this. And, like... I guess I get it. Like, it's a universe-shattering event. It would have to involve and incorporate all the people from that universe. But at the same time, like, I kind of think Revolution was a big stinky turd. And, like, every time I'm reminded of it, like, every time I'm reminded that they made Joe Colton a bad guy, it's like you want to eat this really awesome meal that you've heard so much about that you've probably eaten before somewhere, but then people throw in like extra, I don't know, dressing and, and sauces that you've never had before. And you're like, what, what is this? Like, why is this all together? Like, you know, it, it's almost like I just wanted to 
experience the final note of the Transformers with the Transformers, but it felt like they wrote themselves into a corner. So you, you couldn't do that. There, there was no way you could just have it mainly focus on Transformers. And there's that weird aspect to me where I have that, you know, I, I kind of hate that trope where it's like Professor X is a jerk or Professor X is secretly evil, or, you know, whatever. You, you point to Professor X as a, a, a creepo because he was in love with Jean Grey in his thought bubbles in the first issue, and then, you know, you get to, like, Onslaught, where, you know, Jean Grey's, like, having a mental breakdown over it or whatever. And I, I feel like, in some sense, <clears throat> they villainized the entire Cybertronian race for the nature of the universe that they've constructed. And it's a weird thing to have the antagonist, this universe shattering antagonist, just be a vengeful redemption machine, or I don't know, like, I, I don't know if that's the right way to put it, but it's like, it, it kind of feels weird, like, Unicron in the movie seemed to be focused on his... I don't know, eating planets for self-sustenance and like, he was Galactus basically. Yeah. And also that, that, you know, he, he was essentially, you know, the, the only thing that could stop him was a artifact from Transformers lore, which was the matrix. But now you get into this scenario where Unicron's almost a justifiable kind of solution that went awry, like like the Doomsday Machine in Star Trek or something. And it feels like there's not a lot of... I, I know this sounds weird to say, but I, I feel like there's not a lot of personality to Unicron, per se. That's why Prime had to go into the, you know, the Mindverse and, and give his dad a hug. You know, like... And I don't know. I, I guess that's kind of weird. But I'm kind of curious, like, what... If Mike would have a you know, like a counter rebuttal to that, like kind of like, like basically like, like tell me what I'm missing or, 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 you know, kind of what your take on that is, I guess. Well, like quite frankly, I'm shocked that this series focused so heavily on transformers. Like I, there were elements of like every other thing, but like, I think Barbara did a really good job of keeping it mostly like, you know, I'd say like 80% focused on the transformers. Like, you know, you had GI Joe there and you had Rom there and whatnot. And the visionaries were there for like two pages just, just to do the magical teleport thing. Like, I thought that was hilarious. Like, you know, like Windblade goes to see the visionaries is like, Hey, we got to get off the planet. Planet. And, you know, Leo Rick is like, oh, yeah, we can do we can do that with some magic. OK, well, magic. Goodbye. Like and then they they land on Earth and they're like, where are the visionaries? Uh, who cares? Like and, and that was like the end <laughs> of the visionaries, like in the in the like this story. Like I thought that was kind of like good. And I don't like the thing about the IDW verse, like in terms of Transformers is. In virtually, like, every other Transformers continuity, either the war cools down for, like, four million years because, like, Optimus and Megatron are, like, fast asleep or whatever, or, you know, it, it sort of, like, slows down tremendously. But in the IDW universe, it seems like for those, like, four million years, like, the war, like, heated up to a point where it was ravaging the entire galaxy. So like, that's why I feel like there's so much like morally gray stuff. Why, you know, Optimus prime makes all these like dubious decisions and all that, because he wasn't sleeping for 4 million years. He was like fighting 
and you know watching everything be consumed by war for four million years so like everything got like you know bogged down in that and like that that's i guess i, I want to say that's almost like a justification why there's so much like grayness and you know like corruption and stuff and i i think like because of all that corruption like unicron is like a you know like you said like an answer to that corruption and to the sins of the cybertronian race and like i like that, what that, if the good guys made the Death Star? <laughs> yeah, well, like it's 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 like if any like I I can understand not liking it, but if anything, I think it's like super consistent. Like you know, like a, the the recurring theme, like all the way since maybe like all hail Megatron of this universe has been like Cybertronians are a plague on the galaxy, and like there's been no like huge answer to that until like Unicron. That's basically like I thought it was. Like, I, I don't know if I particularly like like Justin was kind of joking about, but like, I don't know if I like Unicron not being like a like Transformer related thing, like sort of being an alien thing. Like, I think he should be like, like tied to tra- the Transformers in a way that's like beyond just like, uh you know, like a shared experience like they he should have like transformers in his dna but i do think he is like for this universe like i do think he's an appropriate like thematic like villain or final boss i I do remember like um uh in the early days of uh more than meets the eye which tying into what you just said mike there, there were more than a few issues where like you know it is pretty emphatically stated that most alien races hate cybertronians you know, uh, there even there's even yeah. that like that that council of like different alien species. It's like is like when they in- introduced the mini cons or whatever the 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 ones who can all merge the the green ones. Oh um, yeah, the ammonites. Or... Yeah, the ammonites. And like, yeah, it's basically said like you know like like we 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 made this council because we hate them, and I I believe that's why the Tyrest Accords came into play, right? Because of. Yeah, to try and limit the influence of Cybertronian weaponry and technology on the rest of the universe, but it seems like they failed like miserably. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it, I will, I will go to bat on one thing with Derek. Um, one thing I did notice is, is like, I am used to Unicron having more of a character and being more of a like he he has he has a personality, even if it is like Galactus that he's like just this all-knowing threat you know like you know like you know, honorable god or whatever um yeah and in this like you know like it just being like you know this the, more or less this mindless tool quote-unquote hash hash you know son of this uh guy who created unicron like yeah i didn't really get like you know like like unicron definitely was you know I'm, as he was intended a weapon but um, yeah, you know, like I said, not your you know dad's Unicron. I did kind of miss Unicron having a personality. You know what I was um, expecting? Like I, first of all, I was expecting Megatron to show up mm. at some point, and he didn't, and I, I was really disappointed about that. But I guess I don't know, maybe this says more about me and like the things in Transformers lore that I think are obscure and kind of cool. But for some reason, I thought. Unicron would uh, abduct Megatron, and they'd have like this good long discussion about you know the differences in good and evil, and then Unicron would either manipulate or reawaken hidden you know evil in Megatron, 
and he would like rebuild Megatron and he would look like, you know, Super Megatron from that like Japanese manga. Like that's oh, Battle Stars. <laughs> yeah, like that's what I thought would happen. I was like, well, I mean, I, I like I I'm happy with the way Megatron's story ended, but I kind of figured they wouldn't let Megatron go out as a good guy. I figured they'd go back to the well one more time. Like if this is the true final end of IDW continuity, like I'm like, well, they're going to want to go back to that well one more time, even though they've had this great character development with Prime and Megatron. They're, they're going to have one really for reals final confrontation, Megatron and Optimus, like at the end of everything with like Unicron in the background and all this stuff. But like, and they didn't do any of that. And I, I don't know, like I said, that probably says more about me and the things that I think are cool. But like, I was kind of disappointed that Megatron didn't even get to make an appearance in this at all i mean this is a pretty epic story and yeah. i mean okay the lost light they're doing their own adventures and stuff but i'm like you could at least like had the stupid visionaries teleport megatron in for some made-up reason and then he has like a role to play and like maybe you know since we're spoiling things like maybe maybe megatron would be the one to detonate the talisman and like that's his ultimate end like he he gets to avoid the whole execution thing or whatever. And like he, he does get to go out as like, you know, despite all the evil things he's did in this past, like he gets this one final moment of like being the ultimate like hero in a Transformers universe. Like mm. I thought, you know, either, either he gets to be his old evil self, like times a thousand, or he gets to be the hero. Like that's kind of what I wanted. And I know those are like huge contrasts, but that's, I kind of would have, you know, like I wanted one of those and I didn't get either of those. You just wanted him there basically in some way. I, I, I do consider it a very big shame that like the casts of Lost Light and Optimus Prime never got to interact again before the end. Like you'd think there would be at least a, like one more one shot, maybe like co-written by Barbara and Roberts where, you know, Rodimus and Magnus and Megatron get to react to like Optimus Prime, like sacrificing himself again. And, and or, Ratchet, you'd want and, Ratchet yeah. there. Yeah, and I, Ratchet. I, and I guess playing off of, I guess both what Justin and Mike are saying. Like, how do I explain this? I I think that I feel the same way about Rodimus that Justin feels about Megatron. Like, why isn't Rodimus involved in this book at all? And on top of that, there's a weird instance where I think since they were specifically going out of their way to make a Unicron that is different from any other Unicron so you avoid the fatigue, it seems like they're also trying to, you know, dare I say it, subvert expectations with not having Prime and Megatron either go at it one last time, not having, like, Rodimus play any role in the destruction of Unicron, like, things like that. Like in the movie, yeah, you know. <clears throat> so you're not basically, you know, you're not doing a greatest hits thing. You're you're doing your own story and your own thing. But I, I think there's a certain level of disappointment in that with what Mike's saying, where you're kind of like, well, wait a minute. Like, to be perfectly honest, I wouldn't be satisfied with some rinky-dink one-shot where Rodimus and Magnus show up and then they visit Megatron at the sale, uh, jail cell and then, you know, Prime shows up and he's like, what up, my homie? Let's read some of your old poetry or whatever. Like, I don't think that would have cut it with me. Like, I, I think, to speak to what Justin's saying, and and maybe to what I'm saying, 
It's not so much that Leoric is there that bothers me. It's that fucking Leoric is there, but Megatron's <laughs> not. Like, Leoric is there, but Rodimus isn't at the final ultimate conclusion of Transformers. It's like, I have nothing against a lot of the characters, but it's like, come on, why Why is Flint and, you know, Joel Colton and fucking Rom and all, you know, it's like, I'm not upset. Like, they should probably be there, but all I can see is that there are actual fucking Transformers that aren't in this miniseries, but yet there are other Hasbro who are there, and and you feel like, okay, like, yeah, that's great that they got to do their own little, you know, thing in Lost Light, and they weren't touched by it or whatever, but, like, I don't know, it, it just, that, that part of this feels majorly disappointing to me, and it's like, I guess this is something else I'll go into as a criticism, and I think you shared this criticism with me, Mike, when I read some of your written reviews, but the way they decided to make all the Maximals and Predacons, you know, evil fucking microbes from Unicron. I don't know. That that was kind of, to me, like, disappointing, too, because they essentially just became, you know, cannon fodder for these characters to fight. And if you had any notion that, that Optimus Primal and, and Beast Wars Megatron and, and Rhinox and all these guys would play some different role in this final confrontation other than being, you know, Unicron's cannon fodder, I, I think you would also be super disappointed with that as well. I was really excited by that cover where you had, like, Beast Wars Megatron and Primal on the cover. I was like, dude, like, that's that's awesome artwork. And, I like, I was excited to see those characters. But, yeah, they, like, not only were they, like, chump bad guys, but, like, Especially Beast Wars Megatron, like he was a total chump because like you had guys like Storm Shadow and Snake Eyes like stabbing him in the throat and like Yeah, yeah. Like come on, like that that's Beast Wars Megatron. Like he's not a chump. Come on. Yeah, like yeah, he totally got his wallet taken. That was that was not cool, yeah. yeah. I I don't disagree with any of that, but I, I I just think it was a symptom of, you know, them being told to wrap it up and like, you know, I'm sure like they had because I remember when Optimus Primal won that like poll to get a new toy or whatever and be a new Prime or you know whatever you remember that poll. They were rigging their plans. <laughs> yeah, but like like it seemed like that was going to be made manifest in the comics because like yeah. like the Primal's like profile they put up after he won where it's like this is Optimus Primal he's he is like it said actually it said something like he is the Beast King of Eucharist or whatever you know like the the Beast Colony. Yeah, and like it seemed like that was what they. Were were gonna do like in the comics but i think then like they were told oh no you gotta wrap it up so then like barbara probably thought well i still want to kind of add them in here but i can't do what i originally planned so ultimately you know they're just going to be glorified cameos you you may not know the answer to this mike but why do you think hasbro told them to change it was was it because they decided to do like War for Cybertron siege stuff or, or what? Well, see, I don't know because there there hasn't been like a like official like announcement of a you know what the re 
reboot is or whatever. So like, like I, I was almost wondering if IDW is going to even keep the license at this point, yeah. but like, uh, like apparently like, it, it seems like a lot of the creators are assuring people that there is going to be a new IDW, like, you know, Transformers comic next year. And like, they yeah, are going to do heard it. Right is like, is, 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 is taking place during the great war, but even it being siege related is actually not being confirmed. They just said it's, it's you know, it's like, yeah. We're going to take you back to the past. That's about all we know. Yeah. Well, like, I know sales haven't been great for, like, any of the comics. So, like, I I assume they're just doing the standard, you know, comic book company thing of, you know, all new number ones. Like, let's see if this will, like, get interest and stuff. And, you know, at this point, the IDW continuity is the longest running Transformers continuity, basically, with, like, consistent releases. So, you know, it is getting kind of long in the tooth, I guess. So, like, I guess they, you know, figured, well, we might as well end it with a bang. Well, one thing I was kind of curious about, because uh, I, I was more of a uh, Roberts reader than Barber. Um, I am not familiar with Robots in Disguise and eventually just Transformers and then, you know, Optimus Prime and all that. But, um, you know, one, one thing that both books did turned a lot of Decepticons either quasi good, quasi heroic, or at the very least, like, added a lot more layers to where they weren't just like, you know, the cartoony, mwahaha, I'm going to kill you. You know, do, do you think some of those takes were warranted? Like, did all these characters deserve that? Because, like, you know, you have like Thundercracker, which, you know, He's a he's a fan favorite for a long time because of his bio where he he could be a good guy. He's just scared of Megatron. Like, okay, whatever, that's fine. Then you have like Starscream, who is Starscream, but he's also kind of not a Decepticon anymore. He's like just doing his Starscream stuff. One day he's kind of benevolent as much as he can be, but then he's also scheming and ruthless and evil still. And then you have Skywarp who joined G.I. Joe for Christ's sake for some reason. Oh, and then even like Soundwave, who who is shown to be like almost the good Decepticon. He takes the Decepticon ideas, but he he's trying to use them in a positive way. If that makes sense. And I, I know there's other ones that like did the did the opposite. Like Scoop became like you know part of the uh, Devastator and stuff. But like you know, did, did you did you like all these kind of faction swapping and then like not even faction swapping like like with Thundercracker, he just quit altogether. He was an Autobot or a Decepticon, you know. I think I think it was all a consequence of them, like, you know, deciding that the war was over. So it's like if the war is over, what are these guys going to do if they're not like fighting a war? So like and uh, I, you know, for some characters, that means a lot of character growth. Like, I absolutely love like what Barber did with Thundercracker. Like, oh, yeah, Thund- yeah, yeah. Thundercracker went from like a nothing character to me to like one of my like one of my like, you know, f- favorite characters in this continuity. Soundwave, like it was kind of like, you know, if Roberts was going to get Megatron and Barber was like, well, I guess I can do something like, you know, similar with Soundwave. Soundwave, where I can kind of, you know, make him flip the switch and like sort of, you know, work with Optimus Prime and be buddies with Optimus Prime. And, you know, I think it's weird because Soundwave has never had like a lot of consistent characterization. And like there's yeah. plenty of stuff you can like point to where you're kind of like, well, if Soundwave's such a like good, noble guy, like then why did he do this or whatever? But, but you know, like I, I thought it was interesting. Like uh, I think again barber did the best he could with like you know what the material he had in the time he had 
I I felt something like I, I thought Soundwave's sacrifice like in issue six was very effective. And like I thought like, you know, the concept that he had faith basically was like really affecting. And, you know, the same thing with Thundercracker, like I think. You know, giving him a dog, making him, you know, love, like putting making him love earth culture. Like, I, I think that opened the character up in ways that, like, you know, w- he wouldn't have been able to expand if, like, the war was still going on. And, and I will say that his, his interactions with Marissa, th- that probably made her one of the more enjoyable human characters in the book, too. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think Thundercracker, Buster and Marissa are one of the highlights of the IDW series in general. And I think their inclusion in this was warranted and I think is one of the highlights of this series. So just so I'm not, you know, completely poo-pooing the whole thing, I just want to throw in there like that. I think those characters, I think their inclusion is warranted regardless of, you know, to, to me, I think all those characters are Transformers related, regardless of if they're robots or humans or whatever. It's like Buster the Dog, Marissa Fairborn, and Thundercracker all deserve to be in this miniseries. And I, I, I never I never had that weird feeling like I did with, you know, if it, it, as opposed to like a random panel with Miles fucking mayhem. And I'm like, you know, get the fuck out of here. Like, what are you doing in this comic? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, Mike, I'm going to open the doors so you can talk about one of your favorite characters. I remember you pointed out to me something, and I was like, "Well, wow, I didn't even notice that." But you kind of pointed out how, towards the end, like Prowl is basically kind of a mirror for Shockwave because you know Prowl has like the big arm thingy, and he has one eye. And I was like, "Oh, that's so obvious!" Like I didn't even see that at first, and I was like, "How did I not see that?" And I thought they had some pretty good interactions, and you know, going back to like some of um, Shockwave's stuff in. Uh, the Optimus Prime stuff, like, I really enjoyed all of that, you know, like, I enjoyed the Scooby-Doo reveal, and I don't know if you want to talk about, like, you know, Shockwave, and, you know, maybe getting to Prowl some. Yeah, like, I, I generally, like, Prowl's had a really, like, tumultuous time, like, I guess in this, like, latest <laughs> era. Yeah, like, like he went through, like, three or four years of either being mind-controlled, or, like, you know, part of a gestalt hive mind that was, like, fucking him up mentally and stuff, and, like, I, I feel like as soon as, after Combiner Wars, like, he finally kind of got clear of all that, even though, like, you know, then he, you know, went into, like, Sins of the Wreckers, and he had to get through that Merc and all that. And then finally, it's like, I think once he showed up in Optimus Prime with, you know, with Star Drive and uh, Wheelie and like that group, like he finally like I I think he was getting back to like himself and back to a a comfortable gray area that I was like comfortable with. Yeah. Yeah. Where and like I do like anti-hero, like roving pirate prowl. Like like I do think that's awesome because, you know, obviously he's my favorite character. And yeah, like I said, like uh, like you pointed out, like I thought it was really clever of Barber to like set him up as like an opposite like shockwave where and he, he shockwave even mentions it where, you know, when he confronts him in this where it's like you are like my opposite. You were affected by Orion Pax like the same way I was and you, you know, you're dedicated to logic and all that. And then, yeah, you've got the visual representation of it where Prowl keeps his eye broken. So he only has one eye and he's got that gun arm now. So as far as Shockwave, somebody uh, did a mosaic of like Prowl and Shockwave facing each other many years ago. I don't know. Who <laughs> yeah, I know. Who, who, who could have done that? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah. 
No, but uh, no, as far as Shockwave goes, like I really like the scoop, the initial Scooby Doo reveal, like I thought was like, uh, like great. Like, yeah. like I was like, yeah. holy shit, like that, like total, like I was, my jaw dropped. Like I was <laughs> like, you know, old man Shockwave. You know, <laughs> yeah. but, He's Onyx Prime. <laughs> can I, can I use that as an opportunity just to go into something real quick? Uh, is in issue number two, there's a couple pages where they're going into narration. And I, I think I mentioned this maybe to, to Justin before or something, but like, I know you really enjoy the art here and, and the storytelling and everything. And I think if I wasn't trying to catch up on all the series and, and didn't know where everything stood, I think that moment, like it's like page 15 and 16. I'm trying to look for it right now, but basically like, there's this moment where they're doing narration and it's like hard for me to wrap my head around, at least when I was first reading it, like who was doing all the talking in the narration bubbles. And I think part of that was because of the, the old man. It's issue three, issue three, page 15 and 16. It's like, you can see the caption boxes and it's like it switches, and I guess they do their best with it, like because they make the caption box purple, and they're trying to give you all these clues. But because the only character I saw in the panels was Onyx Prime, I didn't. I knew he was Old Man Shockwave, but like I didn't quite make the connection until I got to the second page and saw Shockwave explaining what he was narrating in the purple caption boxes to Optimus. And so it's like, there are certain aspects of this where I feel like there's, to to me, like I I had layers of confusion just because the nature of the story itself can be very chaotic, I guess, you know, that that it's, you know, this kind of universe ending storyline where planets are being eaten like Snickers bars. And and you're just kind of like, oh, okay, this was something that was tough for me to follow but um, i i i guess i i kind of want to give you an opportunity to sort of you know retort to that or at least just kind of tell me like your take on some of those things well it's absolutely understandable because like when you think about it shockwave had like convoluted plans and plans within plans all the way up into dark cybertron and then after like he gets thrown into a black hole and he gets thrown 14 million years in the past And then you find out he has, you know, he basically like created like all these, like, what do they call it? Ontological paradoxes, like where he created like all this stuff that he used in in his past life. So it's like, you know, like on top of his convoluted plans, he has a whole nother life going in like a parallel, like convoluted plans. And they like, you know, kind of weave in and out. And like, yeah, like it's totally like it's totally confusing if you're not paying attention to it. And yeah, I'm sure like, you know, sometimes the art doesn't like really make it that clear, especially when you're supposed to keep track of like Shockwave and his like three different appearances or whatever, you know, like where he, you know, looks like himself when he looks like Onyx Prime. And then when he looks like his senator self, right, which doesn't right. look like anything. Yeah, like confusion. I keep going. <laughs> Doing yeah, exactly. My own so like I I. I Honestly, like I, I forgive a lot of that stuff just because I like Shockwave and I think it's awesome that he's got a plan within a plan within a plan within. A, he's like, <laughs> it's like if Batman went back in time and then like 
was Joe Chill somehow. Like, yeah, and he yeah, like, killed yeah. his own parents. Yeah. Like, what? No, that's, that's like, a beautiful analogy because uh, that's, that's what I feel like when I'm reading this because I feel like I see a narration box that has a bat logo on it and then I'm seeing an image of Joe Chill and then I get to the next page and I go, oh, wait, this is when Batman went back in time to become Joe Chill. Okay, now I am getting it. You know what I mean? But it's like it, it takes me a little longer to get there. And it's know? not even like just that, like in Shockwave's case. It's like also if like he also like Batman also went back in time and like blew up Krypton too, like or something. Like it's like he created he like blew up Krypton. Or Superman too. <laughs> yeah, he created the power battery. Like he like you know he founded Atlantis. It's like I, it's all this stuff on top of this stuff. And yeah, it's Thursday. It's I gotta go make Apocalypse. <laughs> it's absolutely confusing and like i read everything and like he has parts of his plans are explained in revolutionaries like parts of his plans are explained in optimus prime parts of his plans are explained like in unicron and stuff so it's like you if you're not reading everything it's very it's very easy to get confused as to what the hell he's doing well i did figure out one thing though shockwave was a big fan of the film bill and ted's bogus journey <laughs> if anybody doesn't remember the end of that there's like this big battle and they're like oh man here come the robots good thing we set this thing up earlier yeah so we won't lose yeah <laughs> <laughs> but but, but right. because because time you could do anything basically yeah uh, but uh, well, well, I, well do you think that was like kind of necessary though because with with Megatron being out of the picture, as as you know, Derek and Justin lament you you, and with Unicron not having a personality for for all intents and purposes, you do kind of need that big bad. And like, I feel in Barber's books, Shockwave is the big bad usually. You know, if Megatron's out of commission, and you know Galvatron's not around, like who's the big Decepticon bad? It's usually going to be Shockwave, probably. Like, I, I liked all that stuff. I think he kind of, like, fucked himself in the end. Like, where, you know, I was like, you trusted Bludgeon, like, to, like, see your plan through? Like, you know, Bludgeon, the crazy guy? Bludgeon with doesn't the trust Bludgeon. Yeah, yeah, with a skull for a face. Like, like that seemed to be his only, like, stumbling point. Like, you know, Bludgeon, who tried to, like, you know, revive Thunderwing and blow up the whole planet. Like, he was, like, the linchpin of your plan. Like, like okay, I guess so, but... Like, that doesn't seem very logical, but... And then, you know, after he reveals all his, like, manipulations and stuff, like, didn't he expect maybe his Maximals wouldn't, like, cotton to that? Like, or really be happy with that? Like, he didn't seem to expect Rhinox to betray him either. And, like, yeah. I, you know, I mean, some of it, some of it, like, it makes sense because it's like Windblade is the one who like decides to remove the talisman from Cybertron, which is like the main thing that like messes up shockwaves plan. And there's no way shockwave could have anticipated that because he was flung into the singularity before he knew Windblade existed. So like he, he, yeah, didn't, yeah, he could not that. account for her. Yeah. But yeah. like, it's like, you know, he knows who bludgeon is. He knows bludgeon's a fanatic. Like, I don't know, but otherwise, you know, and, and I thought he kind of got like his ass kicked at the end. And I was kind of, I was going into the final issue. I was kind of hoping him and Prowl would have like an awesome epic fight or something, but no, he just kind of gets like, you know, beaten down and then tied up and then like herded off. And do you think he kind of like was, uh, 
I, I mean, Justin, you would be able. Well, Derek too. Uh, especially Justin, though. What was Shockwave's plan? Almost master level worthy from Doctor Who. Mm. Or was Master more simplified than that? Was he not so like layers between layers between layers? Yeah. Would, that was the only, that's, <laughs> yes. That's, that's, that's the only like that's the only like comparison I can make though, as far as like oh, I, I know I know Shockwave is he's he's Kang he's a Kang slash Immortus slash Rama Tut. There you go. <laughs> yeah, that's a good that's a good comparison. Well, with all with all the different visuals, I guess that makes sense. I mean, I I would think. The reason why Mike likes Shockwave so much is, you know, there, there's a whole meme about this, and I don't even watch the damn show. But I mean, I would think that Shockwave is more like Xanatos because he's pulling like Xanatos gambits within Xanatos gambits, you know. And then there's multiple versions of him doing different Xanatos gambits throughout the time stream. What are you hatching now? That envelope contains my personal instructions for the Illuminati Society plus two smaller sealed envelopes. The society is to wait 1,000 years and then deliver the first envelope to a young David Xanatos of Bar Harbor, Maine. That envelope contains one of the coins Prince Malcolm gave me earlier. It's practically worthless now in 975 AD, but by 1975, it will be worth about 20 grand. The second envelope is to be delivered 20 years after the first. It contains a detailed account of how the coin was obtained that's how I knew how to set this all up. I received instructions from myself last week. So you see, Pop, I am indeed a self-made man. If I didn't fear the damage you would do to the time stream, I'd gladly leave you here. But you won't, because you didn't. Time travel's funny that way. The other thing I wanted to ask Mike was, you've, you've actually compared uh, Alex Milne's artwork in this to like George Perez, like I, I imagine the equivalent is you know something like Crisis on Infinite Earths, where there's a large cast of characters, there's universe-shattering events going on, and and you basically were saying how you enjoy his ability to to draw all the different characters and how they're framed and things like that. So I thought you know maybe I'd give you an opportunity to, to go into that as well. Alex Milne, like, he, like, I liked his art, like, originally when he first, like, started penciling, like, Energon at the end of Dreamwave. Then, like, when IDW started, it's like he kind of, like, couldn't leave Dreamwave behind. And I thought, like, Megatron Origin was, like, a terrible example of his art. Like, it was cluttered and he couldn't, like, you know, he couldn't determine. And I don't think that was all his fault. Like, I think he said, like, the scripts were really, like, detailed and... Uh, you know, the colors weren't helping him either, but, you know, I think he found like once he got onto more than meets the eye, I think he finally like mastered or balanced it. And like, you know, he draws like, like much like George Perez, when he draws a group scene, like every single character is like distinct, like, you know, then they may not be like a character, but they are a distinct background, like generic character, like, even, like his hordes of Maximals and stuff like there were like some like recognizable Maximals, but there were also like tons of generic ones. And like each of those generic ones were like unique. So like, you know, I, I appreciate stuff like that. And um, yeah, like every, every gr- large group scene, you can like pick out all the characters and stuff. And, you know, like I he's generally probably like my second favorite Transformers artist of all time at this point. The the thing I wanted to ask you about, and the, uh, hopefully this is not a damning criticism or anything, but I feel like since 
I'm more used to seeing him do art on more than meets the eye. And it's not traditionally, how do I explain it? Like robots in disguise was a barber written book, right? Like, and so that had its own kind of tone and feel and everything. And even the cast of characters in this, I feel like is more akin to books that, you know, obviously Barber was working on, whether it's Optimus Prime or the Transformers ongoing or what have you. And I feel like the tone in those is different from the tone in say more than meets the eye and lost light. So I felt like Ghostbusters where I'm like, don't cross the streams, Ray. But like, I kind of feel like this miniseries sort of, does cross the streams because you've got the writing tones of Barber, but you've got the artistic tones of Milne, who I don't dislike, but I, I kind of wonder if they go well together. Like, I don't know that that's just my take on it. Like, but I'm curious, like what you guys think of that statement and you know, what, what, is it what maybe what like butter or is it chocolate and pickles. <laughs> right. Right. And I'm, I'm just curious, like maybe what Justin or, or Tony think of that as well. I was just going to say, like, I, it's weird because one thing I think James Roberts is kind of like weak about in his scripting is action scenes. And like, I think Barber is a lot better than him at staging fight scenes and like action scenes. And like, I think Alex Milne got a better opportunity to do scenes like that in this series, which I really appreciated. Like I can picture in my mind, like, I think it's in issue six. There's this really awesome panel that I really liked of when Optimus and RC are deep within Unicron and they're running down this like narrow hallway and it's like at an angle and it's like from the side of them just running down and like, you know, Prime's got his blaster and his like energy axe out and RC's got her like swords at her side. And I was like, man, that's like super kinetic and awesome. Like, I think that wasn't like awesome panel and an expression of like, what Alex Milne can do when like, you know, he's got a good description of what the script requires and, you know, he's given a little more freedom. I I think my favorite would be from uh, issue zero, Will Jack's sacrifice. Like, I think, I think that was a good moment and I was not expecting it. Like I, I like Will Jack and I kind of feel like in a way, like we haven't had him back long in my opinion. I mean, it's probably been like, you know, two years with the comics, but it hasn't felt like that long. But anyway, like I wasn't expecting him to like have to like, you know, keep his hand on the button so everyone could like, you know, put teleport out or whatever. So like when it came down to that moment, I was just like, Oh man, like Will Jack's gonna. And then it's like, yep. Uh, he has to like, you know, sacrifice yeah. himself. And then like, you know, when Bumblebee's like looking for him, like a, page or two later like i like how it just kind of it's like a close-up shot you know bumblebee's looking through the cloud and then it just kind of like zooms back a little bit with each panel you get a bigger view of a like bumblebee among this like huge crowd of survivors and he's just like he's like will jack buddy like where are you man and like you can the just the fact that it keeps zooming out i think kind of hammers home like the fact that like yeah will jack's gone like you you just lost like one of your, you know, your big like Transformers characters. And I was just like, oh man, like I was not expecting that. But like I, I kind of I like and appreciate the way that was illustrated and conveyed through those panels. Yeah. 
Like, I think he's like, you know, Alex Milne is like talented enough to adapt to different, you know, writers and stuff. And like, I do think, you know, like in more than meets the eye, obviously, is a much more, you know, lighter, usually lighter and funny book. So like when he does like, you know, group scenes of everyone like joking around or whatever, you know, he does like exquisite like expressions and like, you know, goofy stuff, too. But I just think like Barber does a lot better with dramatic stuff and Milne like that, that is illustrated through like Milne's like art, like reading, you know, Milne using that script. Like, you know, I, I think like sound waves, like death and like, you know, the big vision of all the dead people he sees is like a beautiful image. Like, yeah. And, yeah. 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 Like, he, he looks sad, but also like content at the same time, not to bring up Dr. Who again, but like, kind of like a david Tennant look like i'm sad but i did the right thing so it's okay <laughs> even going back to something derek said earlier like you know you were talking about the whole like optimus prime has to give you an crown a hug like i may not be crazy about that thematically but visually like visually it looks good and it works i just think thematically like it falls a little flat for me but like just the panels themselves i'm like that it looks really nice. I, I appreciate the the skill that goes into that. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it definitely shows the impact of of what you're supposed to be experiencing. Feeling? Yeah, yeah. I I like how um, Cosmos's like group, like how their last stand kind of like was played out. Like, like you know, you know, on one page, you know, they're all like headed into like battle, and then like as soon as you turn the page, like in the first panel, Laserbeak gets like blown to pieces. Yeah. Then like Skybite gets like stabbed to death, and then you don't even see Cosmos get killed. You just see his like corpse floating in space, and I'm like, oh, Cosmos, like. I think yeah. that was like very brutal and it was only a page and like you very effective and very brutal. And since we're kind of talking about various deaths, like I kind of felt bad when blur had his moment. I was like, Oh, yeah. Not blur. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, you, know, you know, speaking of that, that like my note on that is, and I don't, I, I don't think you've seen this yet, but there's, there's a similar scenario in Cyberverse. And I couldn't help but think of it where I was like, oh, this is very this is very similar to that. So I was like thinking of and and, and also speaking to what Mike says about Milne being able to execute like cool action sequences more with Barber than with Roberts. Like, I do think that those last moments of blur were a, a well paced, you know, like I was not disappointed with that as a piece of action. I was just going to say, I do like Blur's death scene where he calls it a crisis and he's like, I'm the fastest Cybertronian alive, but you know, <laughs> even <laughs> I'm not that fast. Yeah. So I'm like, as I was saying in my review, I think it's like, it's only appropriate that the speedster dies in like the crisis or whatever. So, um, I had to, I had to binge read this because we, uh, um, you know, decided to do this at the last minute because of reason. Um, so I, I can't really pick out a panel very well. I do remember images in my head, but I can't tell you who drew what. Probably the best thing I could say is, despite a lot of contrasting art styles and even contrasting coloring, you know, as far as how certain colorists do their work, nothing seemed disjointed. I'll give it that. Like, I never got like yeah. I, I've often uh, talked about how uh, who's the artist who does that very painted, very murky, grim, gritty style. Livio Ramondelli. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I've often said like how if his work is in the same book as another artist who has you know more of a cleaner style, it's not that that guy is a bad artist. It's like you know 
I, I think when they give him his own book to work on or his own story, that's much better because you 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 get with that pacing, you get with like how he draws, and it's really gorgeous art. It just doesn't mesh together with other artists. But I, th- I think everybody kind of clicked rather well as well yeah, as to like, be credit for so many artists. Yeah, like the la- the last issue had four artists on it, and I think it they did a pretty decent job of like meshing all four artists together. And I, I thought it was cool that like the the four artists on issue six were like Alex Milne. Uh, Andrew Griffith, uh, Kay Zama, and uh, Sarah Pitri Durocher. And that's, you've got Alex Milne for More Than Meets the Eye, Alec, uh, Andrew Griffith for Robots in Disguise, Kay Zama for Optimus Prime, and then Sarah PD for uh, Till All Are One. So you had all four main like artists on that same issue. Wh- which artist is it that has the same haircut as the chick from the Visionaries comic? Is that Kay Zama? Um, yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I really, she's really good. I like her stuff. Yeah, I love it. I I do like. She was the one that was doing Optimus Prime the majority of the time. Too. Yeah, she's yeah. she's yeah. the one who did your Avatar. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay. Because I do I do enjoy that, and I I guess just I I guess if we're going into more sort of IDW retrospective stuff, like I guess I would just say I thought Optimus Prime was probably. The, the title that, I, you know, I felt like I enjoyed the most of this kind of last hurrah of the IDW Transformers verse. I mean, I know it's kind of maybe a little ironic given that, you know, I kind of am, you know, complaining about, you know, the, the Earth-based Hasbro tie-in characters because that probably dealt with that the most. But I think, like, if I had to highlight something, I think it was, like, maybe issue 9 or 10 or whatever, but, like... That VR last moments with Sideswipe or whatever, like where you thought he was, you know, alive again, and then you just realized it was just them playing out some last hurrah with him before he kind of passed. Like, you know, that issue totally, like, got me in the feels. Like, if I had to single out, like, a a single issue from this run, you know? I did want to ask you guys a question, and that would be since this continuity is now over with, like when you think back to IDW Transformers, like is there a specific moment or story that you think of when you're like, oh man, like that was great? Because I guess for me, it would be the whole like the Dark Cybertron story. I, I really liked that whole story. And then I liked a lot of the stuff that came after it. I liked the, you know, Megatron being an Autobot, and I liked all the Galvatron stuff on on Earth and all that. I think I think for me, like that story was like the apex, and then there was like a lot of good stuff coming after it. Like, I mean, not Combiner Wars because I wasn't crazy about those stories, but like, like I'm like when I think back of like IDW, I'm like, man, that was a really good. Like, you had all these pieces moving, and like it was a really intricate story. I'm like, yeah, that was really good. I, I would, of course, like, you know, Secret Brothers Mike, that I, I like pretty much all the record stuff they've done in the last few years. Um, I think that's pretty obvious. E- even Sins of the Wreckers, even though I didn't enjoy it as much, it was still pretty good. I, I think one of the stories that has always stuck with me, and I really enjoyed it, um, because, uh, it, oddly enough, just like this Unicron, you know, miniseries, it was kind of dark, and you didn't really know how things were going to go. I I really enjoyed the Overlord return in More Than Meets the Eye when he came back from being, you know, in the the, the basement, quote unquote, 
because he just wrecked shop and you really you really were kind of wondering like holy shit are all these people dead and that's of course when pipes died i like pipes sad like you know we we lose rewind that really was a strong arc i think and and, and i you know I, i'm sure mike was happy about it because the uh, wreckers miniseries like it really set up overlord as a, a really big threat a really big bad which they didn't do a whole lot with it later on but still he was still pretty badass <laughs> Yeah, like I, I would probably say of all, if I had to name something at gunpoint of all IDW, I'd say Last Stand of the Wreckers would probably be my like. If I had to pick something out of the whole Magilla, that that is my number one favorite story. That would probably go on a top ten favorite story, like Transformer stories of all time for me. But yeah, like I like you know the first quote unquote season of More Than Meets the Eye. Um, yeah, I like more. It's weird because I feel like more than meets the eye and like robots in disguise or, or, or I should say like James Roberts and John Barber's run. Like I felt like James Roberts run like w- started off strong and like got steadily like not as good, but like still good, but like, you know, weaker in places. Whereas John Barber's run like started off kind of mediocre and then got like really good in places and like finally ended really strong where, you know, Roberts, I thought maybe like ended a little weaker than he could have, but yeah. Well, like, you, you had mentioned that like, uh, uh, Barber when he was just basically being the editor of just two books, like they were doing robots and the skies more than meets the eye. Barber kind of reining in Roberts a little bit, like might have made the book a little bit better. But then when he said, you know, I'm taking the bullet, do whatever you want with Lost Light and more than me, maybe he yeah. went a little too far, you know? That's, that's, yeah, I feel like that's when Roberts kind of like, like as South Park might say, like got up his own ass and started like, you know, he got a little bit out of control basically. And like, I mean, yeah. like ultimately, I, I do like, you know, the last arc of more than meets the eye. Like I like mo- a, a lot of stuff from season two, but like lost light, like there's very little from lost light that I actually would put on any kind of like favorites list or anything like that. But there is like Derek said, like, you know, the sideswipe issue, like the shockwave reveal, like there is stuff from Optimus prime that I would absolutely put on some kind of like favorites list. When I, when I first heard Optimus prime was getting his own book, I did have a like mental groan. I was like, I oh, know he's the most popular transformer and we, it makes sense to give him his own book. I am very surprised at like the issues I read. I did read the sideswipe issue cause I, I had heard that sideswipe died and I was like, Oh, I like sideswipe. And the, like Derek, I, I kind of got the feels. It was like, I was really impressed at how consistent Optimus prime was. Yeah. I think, I, I think besides that aforementioned sideswipe issue, uh, I think you hit on some things, you know, without going into too much detail. Like I did enjoy when I was doing my catch up read through that last arc of more than meets the eye, you know, especially the, you know, like the group hug moment. You know, I, I, I liked a lot of those things that occurred in the issue. I, I mean, again, you know, I guess there for me, some things could have had, you know, more action and some of the barber stuff than the others. And it sounded like you guys were going into, you know, kind of, the, the differences between more than meets the eye and lost light. Like if, if I had to put it politely, the, the only thing I could say is I enjoyed more than meets the eye. There were things I enjoyed still about lost light just because I am a fan of Rodimus and I do like a lot of the characters there. I liked seeing, you know, what happened with Megatron's arc, you know, from 
the beginning of the IDW universe all the way up until the end. But I, I kind of feel like Lost Light was like a house guest that kind of overstayed its welcome with me. So, like, yes. it, whereas, whereas More Than Meets the Eye was, you know, a house guest where you're like, you had a hell of a good time and you were sad when they left. You know what I mean? Like, so it's like, it's, it's, it's a subtle distinction. I think, I think sometimes the, the only thing I would say is, like, with Till All Are One and Optimus Prime, like, they're, they're, they were engaging books and I enjoyed reading them and catching up on them. But I think, Again, this is this is me trying to put this the most polite way as possible. But if if Lost Light was Roberts trying to appeal to his Tumblr fan base, and maybe that's why I felt like it overstayed its welcome with me. I think Optimus Prime until All Are One didn't traditionally do that. So I guess with Lost Light, I kind of expected it almost like I was numb to it. But I think if there were aspects like that, that found their way into Optimus Prime until all are one, it, it almost was like getting like splashed with a, you know, face full of ice water and you weren't expecting it. So there, there are certain things like that. But I mean, as far as like just focusing on things that I loved, you know, for me, it's like that sideswipe issue, the, the more than meets the eye finale with the whole group hug thing. Like a, a lot of those things are just moments that I definitely adore. Um, I, I did kind of have a question for Justin because I, I know I've talked about this and some of the, the audio that I'm going to give to Mike to stick in this episode. But since you won't be around to respond to that, I kind of want to see what your take on this was. But, like, I enjoyed Galvatron in IDW up to a point, but I, I kind of felt like by the end of his arc in the IDW universe, like, I I kind of felt like he became almost like this bland one note villain that got taken out with like slipping on a banana peel or something like, <laughs> like it's, it's like, I feel that that's consistent with all the, the transformers villains. Like, you, you know what it reminds me of that I didn't talk about in the other audio that to maybe explain it, you, you know, in the, the Joker's five way revenge, like in that issue of Batman, it's like, you know, a famous O'Neill, Neil Adams issue. And basically like by the end of it, it's like the, the Joker has his foot, on Batman's larynx. Like he's going to crush his larynx with his fucking heel. And then the way Batman wins is like the Joker's like running away and he slips on an oil slick. And then it's like, I know they always talk about how, you know, Adams and O'Neill like redefined him as like the grim dark Knight. But I swear to God, you could hear Adam West be like, we're so fortunate that that oil slick was out there to stop the Joker, you know, and, and you're just like, you know, I, I never thought I'd say this, but thank God for pollution, you know, and you're just like, and then it kind of ends on like this yuckster laugh moment. That's a good one, Derek. Uh, when uh, Prometheus comes in, the first time he's debuted in Justice League, and he's this big badass, and he like just pones everybody, and then he's beaten because Catwoman cracks her whip at him. Yeah, well, well, yeah, Cat, Cat, Catwoman essentially kicks him in the nuts. Like that's and 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 that's probably a good example too. But like, I, I kind of felt like you know a lot of the big bads in IDW basically like I, I felt like they were built up really big. Like, oh my god, it's you know the return of Sentinel Prime, and then he like falls into a hole. You know, like, and, and I'm just kind of like, <laughs> you know, th- th- those things like kind of. 
I don't know. Yeah, Scorponok is another good one who gets like pwned. Yeah. 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 Like, like they're all good examples. And I, I, I'm just curious because Justin, you had voiced, you know, enjoying Galvatron. And I, I know like, I, I think initially I was, you know, Mike is commonly referred to him as like Galvatron, the barbarian. Like, and I, I enjoyed learning about his backstory as being one of the more ancient transformers, but I kind of thought, the way he ultimately ended up was fairly disappointing to me. So I was curious, like what your take on it was. And if you had a different point of view than my own, I mean, you make a good point, but I think I kind of, I guess my enjoyment of what led up to him slipping on the banana peel somehow canceled that out. Maybe. Okay. I don't know, like, okay. No, 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 that, 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 that's fair. That's totally fair. Like, I mean, I, I did enjoy all the, um, you know, like Mike was calling it, all the Galvatron and the Barbarian stuff. Like, I think that stuff is great. All that, like, ancient Cybertronian history where he's, like, out in the wilderness with his axe and everything. And and then I enjoyed all the backstory with Galvatron and RC. I was like, oh, that's interesting. And then Galvatron's interactions with Soundwave and Soundwave trying to Forrest Whitaker would keep the dream alive or, or whatever after Megatron <laughs> had like turned his back and everything. Like I thought that was all really interesting, but like I said, I, I get what you're saying and I can't really argue out of that, but I think my enjoyment of all the previous adventures, like I guess maybe I'm a little, no, 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 that, that makes sense. I think, I think you're saying you, you enjoyed the journey so that yeah. the, the, the end of the, the conclusion of it not being, as great as say your journey doesn't ruin the journey for you. And I'm just being like the grumpy old man's, you know, get off my lawn because I'm like, you fucked up the ending, bro. That ruins it all, you know, or whatever, you know? So, well, I I think I say it when like, you know, in the audio, we're going to put like at the end of this episode where me and Derek had like a more informal discussion about like all this stuff. But, um, I think Galvatron's death is like a fantastic, character moment for optimus prime but it's not like a the best showing for galvatron yeah that makes sense yeah i got you um yeah yeah like like galvatron like one thing i I will definitely give idw when they first introduced the concept and it it was done in marvel first i'm not going to sit here and say it's never been done but like when they, they they decided like galvatron is not megatron these are two separate guys not even alike in any way shape or form they just like Tron surnames. I was I was iffy. I was like, can you really do that? But I, I will give them credit. Galvatron was completely different than Megatron. And they did a good job of really driving that home. Especially, like you said, with Soundwave. Because like Soundwave was like, I don't know if I could talk to this guy. He's just fucking crazy. <laughs> I'm going to change tax in a sec. But I just wanted to say one more thing that I thought was like awesome about this series. And... Like one of those moments where like I feel like John Barber like completely like kind of vibed with me and I thought like, you know, I was like we're on the same wavelength and stuff like in in issue four after like, you know, Cosmos and those guys have like their big last stand and stuff like I noticed that he didn't show Buzzsaw getting killed. And I was kind of like, wouldn't it be funny if Buzzsaw like survived all that? Because like Buzzsaw is a super badass and it's awesome. And then like <laughs> at, in issue six, it turns out he did survive it, and it is because he's a super badass and awesome. And I'm like, yes, like that. That's a complete like writer vibing with like me moment. And like Justin will appreciate this too because I was kind of joking. Like in Optimus 25, it's like you get one last scene with Buzzsaw where he's like 
protecting elephants, like like a like on a nature preserve or something. And I was kind of thinking, like, oh, Buzzsaw became like Android seventeen, like in the, like the future. <laughs> he's like, and that's why it's like I, he's like, I'm gonna range the shit out of this park. You can either show respect for all creatures of the earth, or I can bury you six feet beneath it. You'd better choose wisely. You guys know that I love Buzzsaw, so like I thought that was like a perfect ending for that character that I didn't even expect would get like that kind of exposure. One day, Buzzsaw will enter a Cybertronian multiverse tournament and save the universe. Yes, that's yeah, that's exactly what I'm expecting. Yep. I I, I wanted to ask you one thing, Mike, before we we do change tax. Um, and Justin and Derek, of course, may of course chime in. Um, my my intro was. Uh, useless refugees. So we have. Uh, well, this, uh, this is this is a good lead-in because my tact change was going to be okay. We've been most for the most part positive. Can like let's talk about things that absolutely did not work in this series and maybe like John Barber's like run in particular. And I was going to say the stupid colonist like recruits and the refugees and all that. Yeah, uh, they they annoyed me in this uh, series. Uh, I've never really been a big fan of Aileron anyway. I think she she had a more decent showing than I would have expected in this. Like you know, I hate to sound like that guy, but I just don't get why they were there. Like Aileron, like I'm, I guess I'm forgiving of her because like I feel like she started off as like Optimus's new Bumblebee, sorta like where she was like tagging around with him and like you know being all chipper and stuff. And then, like, yeah, she kind of hit this period where she was, like, doing stupid stuff and Optimus had to cover for her, like, mistakes. And then she got, like, lumped in with the rest of those, like, colony recruits. And then I was like, okay, whatever. But then I think I sort of, like, shoved her aside and said, okay, whatever, you're okay, but, like, I don't want to deal with you anymore. Because once, like, Slide started going on and on about complaining about Optimus getting her brother killed, and that was all that character was, then I'm like, okay, I hate you now. Like, forget it. You Slide, you're my new like the honey pit of like annoyance and hate so i i fucking hate slide i i also do not like slide i think this is me not being polite but i've i frequently called alarion the rose tico crasher of this universe like (laughs) is it just me like come on she looks just like she looks like a chubby crasher from gobots like that's what (laughs) that's what alaron looks like to me and yeah and i i'm I'm not particularly fond of the character and if if people are that's great you know that's fine but it's just i again like almost like i mean I'll, i'll give it to them like she's a transformer right but there is that aspect, like, you spent time on Slide and Alarion, but not on, like, you know, Megatron, Rodimus, and Ultra Mag. You know what I mean? Like, that. That that's almost as irritating to me as the moments where they spent time with, like, the visionaries and the masked people and et cetera, you know, Action Man, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You know, it's like, it's like one sliver away from that for me, which to me is, you know, kind of irritating or whatever. And kind of along those lines, you know what else didn't work for me is like the the backup stories and also the I don't know what it is, like these ash can previews for stuff that conceivably if you're if you're reading Transformers Unicron, like wh- why would you have not read all the series that are leading up to it? I mean, it seems ridiculous. Like why are there like previews for the older books in the back of this unicron thing like is that just me like doesn't that seem like odd it's 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 kind of like 
I don't I know if those were like previews so much as they were just concluding like those books storylines because all those books had been canceled already, basically. Yeah, but they but they but they had actual, you know, scenes from, you know, more than meets the eye issue number one just put in the back. I'm like, why? Oh, yeah. What why would you I don't know, that that seems like weird advertising. Like like why are you advertising stuff that's like two years old? in a book that's finishing the series. Like you, you honestly think new readers are picking up the finale of the IDW transformers universe. Like, I, I don't know. That just seems weird to me. Oh, well, one character I, I never got, like, I mean, I, I, I read stuff with him. I, I think I got his name, right. But like I said, I like, you know, crash read a lot of this, uh, emissary. Isn't that his name? No, the, the 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 guy who looks like Bumblebee but is not he just looks oh, like cent- Centurion Centurion oh Centurion okay like like he wasn't annoying I didn't hate him but I was like well you what you had to people? you kind of had to read Revolutionaries to get his story yeah. yeah you you had to you had to suffer through Revolutionaries to get his story <laughs> sorry okay <laughs> in a nutshell he's the Bumblebee from the Heart of Steel merged with one of the guys from the old school adventure a- team. adventure yeah. team or whatever like so basically like it's like they i mean it was ambitious they were they were when they were trying to do this shared hasbroverse thing like they did stuff where they incorporated the old adventure team he was like literally a gi joe transformer yeah i mean except for I would quantify it more as like if if GI Joe is the Justice League, the Adventure Team is the JSA. So like they were they were trying to do this thing where it's like, oh, look, okay. we've got we've got this ancient Heart of Steel Transformer merged with this quote unquote you know '60s era GI Joe character, you know, and 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 then they they merged them into a a single entity, and it's like okay, but like yeah, if you if you hadn't been reading Revolutionaries, like you you wouldn't have known any of that. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, he wasn't annoying. I didn't hate him. I was just like, you know, not to you know, just be blunt. I was like, what the fuck's this guy? <laughs> you know? Yeah, like, again, that's like a symptom of like, you know, if you're just reading the Transformers books, then some of this stuff is going to, you know, obviously go over your head or you're not going to have a lot of context for it. Yeah, but he like, did annoy me. Yeah, but like, like even yeah, even uh, like that that one panel of like Predaking like fighting on Earth and stuff. You're like, where did Predaking come from? Well, he came from revolutionaries, and because uh, I what was it, Iron Claw? Derek was like had an alliance yeah. with the Predacons or yeah. something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I was wondering about that because I was like, the last time I saw the Predacons, they couldn't combine. I'm like, oh, they're combining now. Okay, cool. <laughs> I mean, there 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 is something that tickles my my team up continuity fancy about having like Sergeant Savage characters and adventure team characters and GI Joe characters, all sort of, you know, m- making the history a little bit more of a legacy, but Wait, where, where's, where's my GI Joe extreme Derek? Come on, man. <laughs> that, that's what I'm saying. Like that, yeah. it Iron seems Claw. yeah, yeah, yeah. something we touched on earlier. There were some good deaths and there were some bad deaths. One one of the things I got, I can't really pick out any single death that really annoyed me. Like, there, was there anybody that like you guys felt was just like a death to be a death and not really a dramatic moment? Like, sideswipe dying—that was like, you know, it was meant to make you go like, oh my god, I killed sideswipe. 
but it was done in a good way. Well, like Derek said, it, it meant something, well, like, you know, like Ironhide's death, like went by so fast. I barely re- like registered it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, Ironhide just, like was he was like, okay, yet. we're going in. Oh, I got ripped in half. Oh, I'm dead. Like, like, yeah. And they actually had spent time trying to build him up in the last few years as like, you know, this guy who saw the future and everything was going to be great. That didn't work out to questioning that and being like, you know, everything sucks. I fucking hate everything, you know? And then, like, yeah, yeah, he just goes in and is like, I'm here, I'm dead. (laughs) Yeah, like some of that, you know, it's obviously the necessity of, like, you know, getting, doing what, you know, Barbara wanted to do in the time he had to do it in the space he had to do it. Like, like, I think, uh, like, I, I did like, like, slags like death sorta but like i feel like the other like snarl and sludge just kind of got killed off panel and stuff and that was kind of lame but like you know i i I do feel like you know slags like whole like arc kind of kind of came to a nice conclusion where you know they were kind of hunting down bludgeon and they finally yeah and they took down bludgeon and that was it and you know slag was like look like I've realized that if we want this new generation to advance, like people like us can't be around anymore. So like, you know, we're going to take you down and you know, like yeah. I, I thought that was okay, but I was just kind of like sad that like sludge and snarl just kind of like bit it off panel. I, I guess what I'm, what I'm getting at is it's not so much that the death didn't mean anything. Like you said, you were upset that they died, but it, it did seem like some of them were rushed and you you would want to see like you know some of these characters get like that 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 blur death or that wheeljack death where it was like i hate to say this cuz it sounds morbid but like it was earned you know it was like yeah they went out like badasses well i, I was going to bring up another character and one that justin has expressed like you know some kind of interest in in the past but like i'm curious to know what he thinks pyra magna like like at first i thought she was like like a good like member of the cast kind of early on in Optimus Prime because I thought, well, Optimus needs like that Grimlock character to like question him and, you know, be a like butthead to him. But eventually, like it gets to a point where Optimus Prime is leaping down Unicron's throat to like save your fucking planet. And she's just like, Optimus is like it when you're complaining about him when he's trying to save your planet it doesn't make you have a good point it just makes you a bad person yeah i i was interested in her at first you know kind of like what you were saying i thought okay she could be a good addition to this uh this title so i was interested in her character but then she just kind of like became one among the chorus of what i call like optimus prime doubters and naysayers like i just her and slide and some of those other people that just kind of complained about prime and his methods. Like it just, it just got on my nerves like so much. Like I kind of like Derek, like out of all the books, I would say I go towards Optimus prime the most. Like I liked that, but the one negative aspect is like all those people who are just running around like chickens with their heads cut off. Like they don't have a plan. They don't know what they're doing. Optimus at least has some semblance of a plan, but they're just like, oh, Optimus, oh, he's going to do a thing, and he's a prime, and he's really bad, mom, 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 just like, shut up already, we get it, like, you have doubts, like, isn't there some other way you can convey your doubts and fears than tearing down Optimus Prime, like, I just, it got on my nerves so bad, and then in this final finale of IDW Transformers Continuity, 
what do you have but like stupid Sly doubting Prime? As you pointed out, Mike, when we were talking off air, he's doubting him as Triptychon is getting blown up right behind his stupid back. He's like, Optimus Prime I was like, totally really bad, you guys. And I'm like, you don't even know what's going on around you, you stupid idiot. Like, come on. Like, People I just are blowing up around you. And die so bad. And when Slide became part of Victorian, I was like, okay, like, this is it. Like, he's going to, like, not fit in. He's going to get his brain scrambled or he's going to, like, He's going to become a limb and he's going to get chopped off or blowed up or melted or eaten or whatever. No, he gets to live out of all the people who died and had great deaths or whatever. Like, I was just like, can you just die? Come on. I I, kind of feel like this is a common thing and it probably speaks to like what dislike of the character. But Slide is actually a girl. Like people, like you are not the only one that say he and him and whatever. But I've had that. I've had that conversation with Mike before, where I was like, "I hate that guy," and Mike's like, "It's not a guy." And I was like, "Oh, slide is actually female." Yeah, yeah. But like, and I feel like that's like a reflection of how much people dislike that character because I've seen other people like. Uh, even on like bot talk, I think like Automaster like said, and he was like, "Oh man, I hate Slide. I hate. He, I hope he fucking dies." And I'm like, you know, Slide's actually a girl. Like, and like that goes to show how much we care about her. Yeah. And but but ironically, I, I think that proves that n- none of us have any problem with it one way or the other. Like, it's not like it, it, it basically that's no reflection on the character why we don't like the character. Like, we thought the character was male, and we still hate the character. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't care if Slide turns into a double down. I'd still hate her guy. <laughs> <laughs> the that most annoying that double down ever. It would have been, like, cool, and, like, I saw it mentioned on another message board, which I won't mention in respect to Renaud. But uh, like uh, someone pointed out a cool idea, what what uh, what Barber could have done with Slide and the other like colonist recruits is have them like get all disillusioned with Prime and then like go like they pretty much the person like on this other board said Slide should have gone full Quentin choir like and you mm. know like turned into like an adversary and then prime or whoever would have had to like put them down or whatever. And that would have been like, cool. But does that mean slide would wear a t-shirt that says like Megatron's right? Or something? <laughs> That's what I was going to say. <laughs> yeah. Something like that. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Unfortunately, like Barbara just went on one single track with like all of those guys where like, you know, slide was like, after me, my brother died, man, I can't get over it. Yeah. But and like all the others were just kind of like, you know, they didn't really change at all. And I was kind of like sad that like it's horrible, but it's like when slag killed, uh, what was it? Uh, Gimlet, I think like an Optimus prime, one of the last issues of Optimus prime. I was like, yes, slag like good like kill the rest of them now too but um, <laughs> you're, you're all you're all good good good, good slag. Slag. <laughs> i'm like wipe them out all of them, all of them. yeah but then he, he even, even the refugees all the refugees <laughs> i i hate them all even the people whose pronouns we can't keep straight ah <laughs> they they were they were very useless yeah that's that's why i brought up because like it, it's it's not that i, I like how how should I say this? It was like even though Roberts had his issues with his uh, insertion characters, wrong. One of my favorites, who I have no problem with. He also had duds like Riptide and you know 
what's her name? Uh, uh, two girls. What's her name? Unknown and Lug. Yeah, Unknown and Lug. Not <laughs> what, what did you not, What did you because... call them, Justin? A load and ug. <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 it is not because like oh oh they they they're like two girls who love each other. I don't give a shit about that. The lug is not as bad, but a node is like just a terrible character. Like just the way she was written is just like, she's so unlikable, and like those insertion characters can can be fun or they can be terrible. And all these fucking, like, you know, refugees, like, Aileron was probably the least offensive. Like, she, she, like, actually, like, you know, had moments where she was like, okay, like you said, when she was, like, kind of the bumblebee proxy and stuff. But, God, so many of these were just like, God, go away. I hate you. You're, it's not what you think. It's not what you're representing. I don't care about politics in my comics. I don't give a shit about any of that. You're just not a good character. You're you're not a fun character. Slide. You're just a complaining, whiny person, and and you can't get over your fucking self. Like, just go away. <laughs> Mistress of Flame should have been like, "We're gonna build a wall, and Unicron's gonna pay for it." <laughs> yeah. Oh man, there there was a, there was like definitely a, a couple of characters I, I think like really shot, shined, Sean shined, whatever. Um, you you mentioned this earlier in like a panel and stuff. You know, it's it's crazy, and, and this is, like, something I never thought I would say, but, like, IDW somehow took a really bad idea, and I'll, I'll totally give this to, you know, Mr. Furman, I think it was Furman, with the whole RC gender identity swap, but, God damn it, I, I really like RC. RC is pretty fucking cool. Yeah, like, I, I generally like IDW RC, and, like, it's almost like she stumbled into, like, being representation, I guess, like, because... You know, obviously, like, you know, Furman's take on her is like, I'm not going to blame him for like, you know, writing for his audience at the time, because, yes, all the way all the way back in the far past of what was it like 2007 or whatever. Transformers was a boys toys like comic like and, you know, like and Furman was like, I don't see why, you know, girl robots should be in it or whatever. And it was an interesting idea. Yeah, it's like the audience was probably like 80 or 90 percent male. So, like, I I guess I I know I don't want to get into this because it's it'll get all political and, you know, whatever. But like. Uh, people jumped on him for like, oh, this is insensitive. And like Furman was like, look, I'm just trying to like write it from a lens of like what, you know, what, what makes the, sense what, to me. Like he wasn't trying to, think, like, the fan base yeah, he was wasn't trying to create fan. controversy or, you know, like alienate people. But and then like, I feel like everything Barber's done with RC since then has been like damage control for that almost where he kind of had to like, backtrack a bunch of the like that stuff and like kind of like finesse it so it became something that like you know that audience would like you know cotton to or you know think was acceptable and but beyond all that like i like rc as a character like i i I think she i consider her and here's here's my uh um equivalency like when when her and prowl were like teamed up like in the early like robots in disguise i considered like rc to be like illyria from angel and like prowl was like wesley so Mm -hmm. like i thought like i thought that was a good like sort of partnership and like like, think about it like she she is yeah rc is like an ancient like warrior goddess basically like with like a sort of murderous streak and like a detachment from her emotions 
And that's like, I kind of like, I could hear like Amy Acker's voice when she was talking. I will fight. I've been broken and humiliated. I will return in kind every blow, every sting. I will shred my adversaries, pull their eyes out just enough to turn them towards their mewing, mutilated faces. You're a very inspirational person. Have I mentioned that? Like, that's how I saw the character. And like the way like Barber kind of gave her like this journey of kind of becoming like a normal, like, well, like, mostly well-adjusted person i thought was pretty pretty effective for the most part well well adjusted but also still badass <laughs> which, which which was i appreciate because like one of the things from you know the cartoons and like i mean like you know don't get me wrong i mean this is what i call a uh, progression like rc was not usually one of the more competent autobots you know she was kind of the damsel damsel in distress sometimes she she was fortress maximus's secretary and headmasters (laughs) exactly yeah so so now that she's like a dual like you know energon katana wielding sniper super assassin dude like that that is that is progression i can appreciate you know it's like they 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 told a story with her that that's kind of stuff i like you know and hey, I, I've, I've often said, like, you know, this is nothing to do with that. This is not politics either. In as many things as Windblade has been in, like Combiner Wars and Titans Returns, where I hate her, in the comics, she's great. I have no problem with Windblade in the comics. She's she's always been yeah. a pretty fucking solid character. Like, I, I, I did like her in, like, Till All Are One and, like, generally in, in general. Like, I think she usually got pretty good scenes and she wasn't, like, you know super overpowering or annoying like she was in those cartoons so so like yeah yeah i feel like you know my exposure to her in those you know as you call them like machitma um (laughs) animated things like that that probably colored my perception of windblade but i think having seen her on the cyberverse cartoon and reading all these comic book appearances like i i would agree with you guys like i do enjoy windblade as a character like it, it was to the point where i was like oh what's what's the best version of windblade to get you know like i was kind of like looking around and stuff like that because i do i do enjoy that character and and i i think she's a lot more i don't know i just liked her better in in these comics than than any you know basically than in the the machinima stuff she, she was sure. a she was a great foil for like starscream like her oh, yeah. and starscream like played off each other very well and, and she never went up to him in that like annoying way where it was like, you know, like not because she's a strong female, she was playing his game. She she knew that he was like, you know, a bastard, you know, Starscream has always been a bastard and she was playing his game, but taking the high road and then trying to do the right thing. And I'm like, that's, that's how you do it. You know? So yeah, yeah. Totally like a, 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 a much more, I, I think the best way to say it is she's, she's a much more well-rounded character in the comics. She's not overpowered, but she is powerful. She's not the most amazing thing ever, but she's pretty cool. I, w- I was actually kind of shocked she didn't play a bigger role in like Unicron. Like she w- she was there, but she didn't really ever get that no, like, yeah, yeah. big moment like like most of the other characters did. Like where you know she saved someone's day, or you know she was just kind of there. Random thing we don't have to go into it too deeply, but uh, it, it was kind of nice that the uh, original Seeker brothers quote-unquote like uh the the trio (laughs) 
got got some love. That was cool. That, that was a very good scene. I, I I I cracked up when Thundercracker was like, "Have you guys seen this movie called The Three Amigos?" Because like I used, I thought like you know us three were like you know, and Skywarp's like, "Ugh, this guy." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, and Starscream was actually semi heroic at that. Like uh, he he was more purpose based. He's like, "No, we gotta do this shit. You guys shut up." <laughs> but yeah. yeah, like I I. I I liked Starscream's like exit. And then like, I, I think me and Justin were discussing it like the week before Optimus 25 came out where I was kind of like, like, look, he, he vanished in a magical explosion. Like he's going to be a ghost, like in that final issue, like watch more or less he is. So like, I'm like, I'm just going to go back for a minute, but does that mean Thundercracker is Steve Martin and Starscream is Chevy Chase? <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. And then so I guess that makes Skywalker Martin, Martin Short. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I no, dude, I could totally warp. It's not, it's not like fucking film magic. Look at me, I want to warp right now. <laughs> that kind of makes che- sense. Che- Chevy, yeah, Chevy Chase makes sense for Starscream because they're both assholes. Yeah, nice, nice. Does anyone have like? I, I, I kind of well, I, I mean, maybe we'll go into something else, but like, I, I'm kind of almost wound up. But like, does anyone else have anything they want to bring up, or like, you know, any final thoughts? Or I saw your enthusiasm for it, so that might have tainted my view a little bit. So I enjoyed it, maybe because of your enthusiasm. But I did see problems with Unicron. I, I, I really don't know if it ended as good as as Lost Light. Yeah, it did. It did. It ended better than Lost Light, but. There were some issues I had with it. Overall, I, I think a lot of characters had good moments. A lot of characters had some not so great moments. You know, if this is the last hurrah for Transformers from Roberts and Barber, you know, collectively, because both of those uh, series are, you know, done. They're 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 finished. It's over. Finished. Like some vast predatory bird. Okay, I got to shut up. I keep doing permanisms. I will say that, like, it could have ended worse. And it could have been a lot more unsatisfying. I, I think it left me personally on a good note. I was like, is this exactly what I wanted? But I've learned a long time ago, I'm never going to get exactly what I want out of like, you know, entertainment. And did it piss me off? It didn't piss me off. So that's, that's a high mark. Cause there's been a lot of things that I wanted to be really good and they just pissed me off. So I would say like, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm pretty okay with Unicron, you know, one through six. The art really definitely helped. I think kind of like, um, you know, Derek's banana peel thing we got into. There were some banana peel stuff in this that I kind of was not crazy about. But overall, I enjoyed it. Uh, there was a lot of good moments. Like I said, Will Jack's moment kind of got to me. I was like, oh, Will Jack. And then, you know, stuff like Blur and, you know. Cosmos and some other deaths. I was like, oh man, like that's one of the things I was asking you about when you know you you were reading your advanced copy. I was like, did did people die? And you were like, uh, yeah, several people died. And I was like, oh man, like, and I was like, I would think about it as like, oh, who died? Like, did did so and so die? And I, I like it, it was one of those things where I wanted to know, but I didn't want to know until I read it myself. And I I enjoyed that aspect of it. I enjoyed the artwork and. I, I didn't say this at the beginning, but I think it was pretty fitting that Unicron finished off this continuity, especially since they avoided even discussing uh, Unicron from the outset, kind of. But yeah, like I, I enjoyed this. I think I would say I enjoyed Dark Cybertron 
more, but this this was a good uh, this was a good way to go out. I was trying to think of something nice to end it off on, and mo- mostly I'd say for me, like I, I don't know that I was eager to revisit this just for the purposes of this show. Like I, I don't know that this is going to be a miniseries I come back to like over and over again to read because I like it so much. But I'm glad that I was able to catch up with all the IDW stuff and then, you know, get to this point where I could read this with the rest of you guys. And then uh, on top of that, I think I liked kind of how, I guess, at least the, some of the fan favorite characters went out. I mean, I I guess, you know, you you could point to things like, you know, the ship, the lost light and how they kind of got to have their cake and eat it too with like different endings. But I think for at least these earth based characters, I mean, it's kind of sad that there like is no more Cybertron and you've got this hodgepodge of people on earth. But one of the nice ending beats to that is I kind of like that, like, Thundercracker is a screenwriter and he's like at the Oscars and all that stuff. So it's like, I mean, I don't know. So some of that stuff that's like fully realized, like that can definitely bring a smile to your face. So in in that respect, like I'm glad I went along for the entire journey. I would say that Unicron is something where the, the sum of the parts is great or the, the, the whole is the great is greater than the sum of its parts. Like there, there are things like I didn't, that didn't quite work. You know, we've discussed that where I, we were annoyed by, but like, I think all the biggest dramatic moments really tied this together. And like, I, I really personally enjoyed this and I'm glad, like I was hoping that Alex Milne would draw all six or seven issues, but like, I'm actually happy that like they got all the like ongoing artists in in on the last issue. Like I think, and I think it looked consistent enough and I think it was like thematically like appropriate. And speaking of themes, like I, I, I do think I liked like Barber's endings for his characters, like over like how Roberts ended like Lost Light, just in a general sense, because I feel like Roberts was meticulous in saying exactly what happened to every character, whereas Barber left it to your imagination. Like, like does Thundercracker win the Oscar? Like, you know, is Prowl gonna, going to change his ways? Like, is Buzzsaw going to, like, be Captain Planet or whatever, or Android 17 and, like, protect all the animals? Was Optimus Prime, like, the Arisen? Like, he never answers that, and, like, I think that's fine. Because, yeah, yeah. Like, I think, like, that's the point. Like, it doesn't matter if he was the Arisen or not, because, like, he did, he saved the world, he made a difference, and, like, it was never important. Like, it, it doesn't yeah. matter that, like, all that stuff, like, that Shockwave orchestrated was fake or real. Like, like I, I like that open-endedness, like, in the finale where, I don't know, like, I feel, like I said, like, I feel like Robert's kind of, like, and I don't want to get into it again. Like, we keep getting into it. And, like, I feel like he was, like, you know, catering to, like, you know, his fan base a little too much where he's like, look, everyone, like you know, there's a bleak ending and there's a happy ending. Like everyone gets their like ending. Like everyone gets it at all ways, basically in more ways than one. And yeah, like, yeah, like I would give you like a kind of a bleak ending, but there was some good stuff in it. Yeah. Well, yeah. like no, no, I think Barbara actually gave like a very positive and hopeful ending. Cause I, I really liked that like last scene in Optimus prime where it's, you know, RC being a teacher and like teaching like the next generation that was I, just in generally more, 
effective to me and like things that worked for me, things that, like I said, vibed for me as a fan, like basically like, like that's why I really, really enjoyed this. I, I guess the best way to put it is life goes on. Yeah. Whereas uh, in, in the other book, which again, we won't go too deep into because of, you know, ideas, but, uh, you could have your cake and eat it too, like you said. Like you was like, you don't like the bad ending. We have a good ending. It's, it's <laughs> like not even that. It's like like we can have our cake and eat it too. When there's more than one cake, and it's like you can have lemon cake and chocolate cake and like vanilla cake and like there's all kinds of cake and all, everyone you can like have turkey, it. You don't like cake? We yeah. have turkey too. <laughs> yeah. Like, have they said like either? Well, I know Robert said he's done. Like he he might come back to Transformers <clears throat> at a later point, but like for now, he's definitely done. Is Barber still going to be like uh, an editor or or even well, like a, a, he's yeah. the the editor in chief of IDW now? So like he got promoted. So like, I, but well, I, I think like he's going to have his hand more in yeah. Transformers. No, like I, I think he's not going to be writing anymore, but he's definitely probably going to have his hand in something. But what I think we're going to do now is I'm going to play a commercial and then we're going to air um a discussion i think it was just me and you derek wasn't it or what justin you might have been there like i don't remember but justin justin kind of comes in at the tail end of it but it's mostly is mostly sort of an off-the-cuff discussion between you and me you know we talk a little less formally and like derek was just catching up on idw at that point and we talk about you know the ending of more than meets the eye and you know robots in disguise and you know stuff from like before this kind of, and I thought, you know, I'm going to edit it up a little, but it's less, like I said, it's less structured and less formal. So we're going to play that after the commercial. Afternoon, everybody. Ryan. How's that baby treating you, Mr. Daly? Like Thanos snapping his fingers at my bank account. In that case, how about a beer on the house? Sure. Got to give my mouth something to do between podcasts. Say, Ryan, I don't get how you have so much time for podcasting. Doesn't your wife want you spending time with the baby? Would you? <laughs> Truth is, I think she's a little worried about how much time I'm spending with the kid, ever since his first words were Dagobah system. <laughs> now she wants me to go out and do something mature, something productive, and most of all, something lucrative that can support the family. So you're going to... Podcast about cheers, yeah. That kid's not going to start college for 18 years. I got time. (laughs) Cheerscast, the podcast where everybody knows your name. Coming soon to the Fire and Water Network. I don't know. I just started catching up on stuff. I kind of had to reread stuff I had already read because I sort of forgot about it. (laughs) Where you left off? What was was it before this? What was the last thing you read? Like Dark Cybertron or? Um, not really. Cause like when we read Redemption, I, 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 I tried to catch up to Redemption, but I didn't quite catch up to Redemption. Does that make ah, sense? Okay. So it was like, I was trying yeah. to figure out, like, because I, I started rereading stuff. I look, I started looking at stuff from Dark Cybertron. I'm like, yeah, I kind of I kind of remember this. And then I don't know if I remember this or not. So I just started reading it. And then finally, when I started posting stuff on Facebook, I'm like, okay, I definitely haven't read any of this. Like, so. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. Cause, well, like, I, it's good because, like, I figured maybe, like, you know, next year we could, like, talk about Unicron okay. or, you know, or give some kind of retrospective on the IDW. Yeah. Like, comics or whatever, depending on, you know, what whatever 
kind of reboot. We, maybe uh, maybe or, that could be both or whatever, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, what? Sounds like a plan. So, I mean, I'm pretty much done with more than meets the eye and robots in disguise, solo transformers or whatever. But now, I guess now I have to start reading, uh, I guess Optimus Prime and Lost Light and find out why the fuck Rodimus has fucking different colors and all that shit. It's like, I remember you guys, you would talk about shit, so it's like, it was funny, because like, I sort of caught up to your conversations, where I was like, oh yeah, I remember when Mike and Justin were talking about that, you know, like, so, and it was like, I was telling Justin that last night, where I was like, yeah, I kind of remember some of this stuff, even though I didn't read it ever, you know? Yeah. Well, you know, Tony always wants to talk about it, so Mm. it's like, you know, stuff comes up. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, you know, there, there's some stuff in it where I was like, I could do without it. But, you know, the, it was it was worth reading. I mean, I probably like this is easier for me than piecemeal, you know? Yeah. Just kind of because then if I'm like kind of bored with it or not as into it, I can still kind of get through it pretty quickly or whatever. Yeah. I don't know. The further it goes on, like, especially like an Optimus Prime and Lost Light, it's like. Barber makes me like stuff I hadn't liked before, and Robert starts to make me hate stuff I had liked already, basically. Mm. So, okay. okay. Yeah. But. I mean, the only thing that, like, really annoyed me, but I mean, I already read it, so I could skip it when I got to it in the chronology or whatever, was like, I was like, oh yeah, like all this revolution stuff sucked, but like, I, I kind of, at least I, I feel like I understood it a little better because I was like, oh, th- I, to me like when I read Revolution Cold, I was like why is this random hodgepodge of assholes together? Like, what's up with, th-? like, to me it seemed like a random hodgepodge of people, and and now I'm kind of like, oh, that's why Soundwave was with Optimus Prime, and like, that's why <laughs> you know, like, now, now I kind of understand why yeah the people were that were in that series were in it at the time i was just kind of like why why is this so random (laughs) yeah well it's like out of all those out of all like the people who got like folded into like the hasbro universe or whatever like the only one i really have like some kind of respect for is rom so Mm. i mean like like i like it when rom looks cool but like and i feel like he's rom is almost like the superman of the yeah. universe or whatever or you know or the green lantern i guess but yeah that makes sense i i don't know it's weird it's like most of like the the characters that i like like usually get treated pretty well or whatever but the, the only person i thought was kind of i don't know it was like he started out interesting and then he just kind of turned into like a one note asshole was um it was like Galvatron, like yeah, his his storyline kind of just petered out. But. And like I don't know, it's a, it's like weird. I guess I don't like his IDW redesign either. Like yeah, it's kind of what the tank or Earth mode tank redesign. Like when yeah, he had and like most and like that series, and yeah. like even just how he looks in the robot mode. It's like I always would have to do like a second take because I was like, is that that is Galvatron? I was like, well, it doesn't. Oh, for some reason it like felt like I don't know. When you're reading like the UK comics or something, where you're like, "Is that Galvatron? That's Galvatron. Yeah, I guess that's Galvatron." <laughs> like, yeah, I, I like though that like Galvatron the Barbarian. Yeah, stuff, yeah, I but, saw, I saw but, what you, I saw what you were saying and, with that, and like, I thought, I thought maybe it was going somewhere with RC or something, but then, like you said, it just kind of, I don't know. It was like all of a sudden they needed a scapegoat or something to get everybody on the same page. So then all of a sudden it was like, Galvatron, you betrayed us and. You, you know, you're making people combiners, even though you, you know, claim they're abominations. And 
you know. And yeah. then, like, the only good thing Optimus Prime did the entire fucking IDW series, he fucking yeah, shoots him, and that was no. it. I was just like, thank God. Well, like, I, like I'm, I'm writing, like, a list of my top ten favorite moments from each, like, writer for this era of Transformers that I'll probably publish in maybe yeah. January once everything is done. But, like, yeah, the, Optimus executing Galvatron is on Barber's list just because I'm kind of, like... You know, like it's it's a like it feels like it's a direct like critique almost of uh, like Optimus Prime killing Sentinel Prime in, in the Dark movies. of the Moon. Yeah, that's what because everyone like. was like, well, Optimus Prime would never kill someone who was surrendering. But like the way like Barbara writes it there, like it's kind of like it makes perfect sense because Optimus is kind of like, you know, like I would be selfish if I let you live basically like yeah. he says so like you know if i could if i was only being you know hand ringy mr optimus prime or whatever then that would be me being selfish and you know and i mean it kind of it kind of like i i understand like i kind of felt like oh man galvatron kind of like went out like a pussy or whatever yeah. but I, it was a good moment for optimus right right well that that's what i was going to kind of ask you about was like is it me or do they like spend a lot of time building up all these big bads, and then it just seems like they trip on banana peels or something. <laughs> like, because I, I, I was like, because I, I had that feeling when Galvatron got taken out, and then I'm just kind of like, I think it was like, I mean, not that it was terrible or anything, but I just felt like there was all this buildup to, you know, what's his face, Tarn and Deathsaurus and all the, you know, these guys that, you know, for us, we're like, oh, well, they're, you know, they're Destron leaders, like, they're a big deal, and I, I kind of feel like they all just, like, slipped on a banana peel or whatever, and then what kind of solidified that for me was they're like, oh, no, you know, fucking Sentinel Prime has returned, and it's, he's the big bad, and he's really dangerous and everything, and I felt like by the end of it, it was just like, boop, he fell into a hole. <laughs> he fell you into know? a and hole. I was yeah. just like, wait, I thought he was... I thought he was the big bad. Like, I don't get it. Like, it just seemed like it was so simple. It's like, <laughs> if only that hole had been there earlier, Batman. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, I was just kind of like, what? Yeah. Well, I feel like, you know, some of those things, they, like, maybe thought they had more time. And they mm. say, well, mm. he's going to come back. But now, like, you know, yeah. they're like, no, you know what? We're going to reboot the universe. So that's probably the final deaths of those guys mm. or whatever. Okay. Like, everyone... Like when Optimus Prime like ripped Galvatron's head off, they're like everyone was kind of like like when it happened, everyone was like, well, he has that new Titan Master toy where you know he's a oh. headmaster or whatever, so that's set up for that probably. But then you know, <laughs> eventually it's just like, nope, that's his real death. Like he's dead. Like okay, but yeah, no, I know, I know what you mean. Okay. Well, it's like Tarn. Like eventually, I, I just consider Tarn to be Kylo Ren basically. Mm. Oh, so because he's just yeah, you know, yeah yeah that that's fair I can see that he's like he's kind of like he 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 he's a fanboy he's kinda, right he's right kinda, like, it's kind of like Darth Vader coming back and like bitching out Kylo Ren or right something right at the end so well that was the other thing I was kind of looking forward to like when Megatron finally came back out and he had the fusion cannon and everybody was gonna piss their pants and shit I was like yeah. He's going to wreck some shit up. And then, I mean, I, I'm fine with how it ended, but there was that part of me that wanted that to, like, be elongated, you know, like for him yeah. to fuck up some more people before it got to that point. Because it seemed like pretty quickly it was like, oh, Megatron's a coward and he's he's in his force field and, bah, you know, and I was just like, wait, like a page ago, there was like a splash page and you all were pissing your fucking pants. Like, what, can we go back to that for a few minutes? Can I, can I enjoy that? Yeah. 
Well, one criticism most people have of Roberts is he's not very interested in fight scenes usually. Mm. So I mean, the fight scenes kind of either peter out or yeah, just they kinda, they, like, they do yeah too quickly yeah. yeah. Yeah, I guess that, that pretty much continues that, on. Yeah, that that so. seems that seems like a valid criticism, you know. Yeah, I mean, I'm surprised I liked Windblade as much as I do in the comics, at least. Yeah, like I, I what's her name, Marigrid Scott? Like for a while there, like did you read any of? I, I think you read like till till all are one. Yeah, right? I mean, there, there's like a few issues I haven't read, but I'm I'm yeah. following this like chronology list online, so oh, I, okay. I've read like. I don't know, nine of them, I think. Yeah. So I I probably read all like the Titans attacking Cybertron. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like those, like when those issues were coming out, like that was my favorite book, like Mm. out of the three, like, like I liked that story better than what was currently going on in the other. I mean, it was, it was, it was one of these kind of epic, exciting things like that. That's why I was like, Oh, how do I explain it? It's like, as opposed to some of the other big bads. I mean, I know that was kind of Sentinel primes doing in a way, but it's like they, it was escalated because you're like, Oh look, zombie Titans. Like that's something new and different, but still you sort of understand that it's like this huge you know planet threatening threat or whatever so i was like oh i'm kind of with that and it's like and it's not it's not fucking unicron either so i was like oh okay something new yeah it was kind of nice that like that didn't have anything to do with like prime and and yeah. You know, the Lost Light, or, uh, yeah, I guess, you know what I mean? Like, it didn't have anything, like, I, you know, it's not like at the last minute, you know, Megatron Prime showed up, or, or you know, Rodimus, like, swooped in with the Lost Light, and, like, launched a loogie at one of the guys, or, you know, like, I, you know, it was just yeah. kind of like, oh, it's this big thing, but then it's it's this council of douchebags that has to take care of it, and they, yeah. they you know, they, they, they try their best to stick it out, and do, do what they got to do. Like Scott actually writes a really good star scream too. Like yeah, he had yeah. a good, he had a, like a good line in like every single issue basically. Yeah. I, I like when, uh, when they have to like attack Alito one's like colony Titan or whatever. And, uh, she's like, do we really like, you know, star scream, do you really have time to like waste on like petty squabbles like this? And star screams like, I think you've underestimated the depths of my pettiness. Like, <laughs> When I read that issue of More Than Meets the Eye, where Swerve is, like, I don't know, projecting himself into, uh, you know, the sitcom oh, yeah. Swerth or whatever it yeah. was or whatever. So, like, I read that, and then I um, I tagged um, Ryan Daly because he's, he's doing a Cheers podcast. So I was like, dude, have you read this? It's like, if you haven't, you should read it. You should, like, talk about it on the podcast. <laughs> was a, yeah, that was a pretty... Uh wacky issue i guess yeah. i guess at that when i like during when i was reading it i was kind of getting sick of roberts doing wacky like stuff like that because i don't like i hated that two-parter with the the personality ticks or whatever oh right 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 uh, like, where where I, where they were like oh the the fucking scraplets or whatever they are, are attracted to like personality and then like rodimus yeah. and megatron show up and they all fucking explode yeah like like they're I only so hate, awesome I, I hated that because it started off as like something serious and like countdown died and I like I like countdown so mm. like and like he died and like he didn't even get to be used right and then right. it turned out to be a big joke basically yeah right? yeah like it's personality ticks get it <laughs> yeah like yeah yeah I get it. Like I, I, I even didn't like that revolution tie-in issue of more than 
with the scavengers on earth oh yeah, 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 yeah. like it was a bit much i guess it's like hey it's a I crossover like aha, I get that, it. that was something else i read because i was reading the crossover and had like zero context for so now i'm kind of like remembering it and kind of going oh that makes more sense now like because i kind of put together what you guys talked about and then when i finally read the issues you know, then I was like, oh, okay, like, I get it now. Like, that makes a little more sense, like, because you talked about this shit with Grimlock and all that other stuff. And I remember I would ask you questions because I hadn't read the issues at the time and stuff like that. And then I was about to ask you a question, but then I eventually figured it out. Because, you know, what I kept getting confused about it was in um, Until All Are One, uh, Ironhide Security Force. Like, I'll be damned if, um, what the fuck is his name? <laughs> spark eater bot what's his name spark stalker yeah i was like why i was like every time i saw spark stalker i'm like that's not i'm like that looks just like fucking swerve like why what who is that (laughs) and i was like i was like that's not swerve and then and then like i kept seeing from the rear and i'm like wait he's got fins like he's not swerve so i was like who the fuck is he like i needed i needed like jim shooter or chris claremont to be like you know (laughs) spark stalker like this guy like has sparks that come out of his ass or whatever you know whatever the (laughs) the write-up is because it took me like I don't know, like, I, I feel like I read, like, eight issues, and then finally, like, when the Titans were stepping on everybody, at some point, somebody, like, yelled out his name, and I went, finally, like, I know who this fucking guy is, because <laughs> I had no idea, and I was like, why do you look like Swerve? Like, what's, what, I know you're not Swerve. Yeah, he does kind of have the same kind of face. Transformers are a fairly homogenous slot. Mm. There's only so many color combinations and visor and faceplate combinations before you get people who look alike. But yeah, I don't know. Justin was telling me that uh, Lost Light gets more conjux and Dura and all that other stuff. So I'm like, yeah. oh boy. <laughs> like, oh boy. Yeah. It's like, get ready. Get ready for it. I mean, I don't know. Like, dude, I get why people were like flipping out over Getaway and everything. But then, like, that actual issue, I wasn't like super butthurt over it. Like, I liked. I liked when, like, Cyclonus, you know, took all the shots in the back for him yeah. and all that other... I mean, that was fine. Like, I, I don't have any problem with that. Like, I almost kind of like that, because, like, Cyclonus is like, I'm a douchebag. Like, I don't I don't deserve to be with him. Like, you know, like, type thing, <laughs> like, where I'm just like, oh, okay, well, that's... I don't know. That's a little different than, you know, I don't know. Like, I, I get why people, you know, because it's like, it's a super turnoff when, like, in the Hollow world, he's, like, a little kid. You know, yeah. that's his avatar. That's, I don't know. That's and, what and, kind of made me... Yeah, and, and you're and you're like and 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 it's especially icky with um, you know, getaway being like, come on, sport, like let's get yeah. together, sport, you know, and it's just like, oh Jesus Christ, you know, like yeah, it gets I don't know, it gets a little glommy, I guess, in Lost Light where it's like, okay, like I don't know, I was expect like I was I was okay, like I was prepared to withhold judgment for a long time, mm-hmm. but like. I don't know, like, I was hoping maybe Cyclonus would be like, look, like, you're a kid, like, I care about you, but not like that, like, Mm. so, you know, but it doesn't, it kind of, in Lost Light, it kind of gets to, like, you know, the point where they're like, oh, marry me, or whatever, so, yeah, like, then I was kind of like, oh, come on. I guess I I haven't gotten too far, but do, um, do Skids and, um, Purple Girl, I can't think of her name, do they become a thing? Uh, have you finished off more than meets the eye i mean i yeah i i read when they did she did her little uh friendship circle or whatever like i got to that like but i thought she said like on her planet just because you do that doesn't mean you wouldn't do the well the reason the reason i ask is because skids died 
oh oh you, yeah. oh right 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 okay. yeah it's like so. yeah he just kind of you know because that's them all that, that's, that's why he gave he him the power up right and he had the yeah. little spark i don't know it's like sometimes that stuff happens and like because people come back the next issue like it doesn't I don't yeah. know. It doesn't always register with me because it's like it's like I guess it's kind of the thing you were talking about with like Galvatron, where people are like, oh, he's going to come back because he's got a Titan Master. And I think my thing was like, who was it? It's like oh, that scene with like Soundwave, where like they they have a splash page where uh, fucking GB Numbnuts like uh, as uh, Onyx like slashes them in half, and you're like supposed to be like, oh fuck, bro, like Cyclone is, or uh, fucking Soundwave yeah, is totally yeah. That's what I was gonna. Okay, go ahead. I was like, he's going to totally fuck him up. And, and like, and you're like, holy shit, he's dead. And then, like, two panels later, it's just like, Soundwave, take care of them. And I'm like, yeah. wasn't he dead? Like, I thought you made a big fucking deal about it, you know? Yeah, that that problem becomes worse. Mm. Like, well, there's so many fake-outs. It's mm. like you just kind of expect people not to be dead, and then they are. And you're like, oh, okay. Well, it's like you. You, you had to remind me. You're like, oh, bro, dude, he's dead. And I was like... Oh really? He is because everybody else yeah. seemed to recover from it pretty quickly. Yeah. yeah. Who, who died? Yeah. Oh, who? we were talking about uh, skids, I guess. Oh. And more than meets the eye, and I, how I, I, I just Roberts I, fakes people out so often. I, that, like... I, I, I just read it and I forgot he died. So like, and and, <laughs> yeah. and Mike was like reminding me, like, dude, bro, he's dead. And I'm like, yeah, but like everybody died. It was like Soundwave gets killed, and then two panels later, it's like, dude. Soundwave's alive again, you know? So I was just like, am I supposed to take that serious? Like, I don't know. And anyone can get impaled and, like, and, live, And, and live to see the day. Unless you're a non-essential character, then yeah. all you need to do is get stabbed and you're dead. Yeah. Then you can just die. Yeah. What's up, Justin? Oh, and, and since you're not on Facebook, Justin, I, uh, I tagged everybody on Facebook in my cover photo, which is th- uh, that after I was reading um, Transformers, and was just like for this is for all everybody that I podcasted with or met this year or whatever. So, 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 so you are included. Euronymous. Does that mean I'm Nautica or Drift? <laughs> you can you can be whoever you want, bro. You you, you can be a weeaboo. You can be Drift, dude. <laughs> that works. Probably would be Drift. <laughs> I'll be whirl. I'll be like, <laughs> I'll be like, oh, senpai. Look at look at whirl's expression. He's happy to. Be I, I guess I guess technically somehow I did send you away for the fan holes for a year or whatever. So <laughs> it all it, it all kind of works out. Okay, well, I like I hope you enjoyed that like informal discussion me and Derek just had and. Uh, like, I, I think we'll close it out here. So, Derek, why don't you do the usual, you know, where can you find us? Where where can you go where Unicron will not destroy the planet? If you do not want to be eaten by Unicron, you can clearly go to fanholspodcast.blogspot.com where you can download the backlog of all the Transformers Tuesdays episodes. And if you've enjoyed Transformers Tuesdays, we hope you consider listening to all of our shows. We've got the Fanholes podcast proper, of course, and we've got Mobile Suit Mondays, 
Toku Thursdays, Sentai Saturdays. We've got Justice Not Entirely Dissimilar to Lightning, a Thunderbolts podcast. We've got Comics Motherfucker, Do You Read Them? We've got Big in Japan, where we talk about anime. So if you have enjoyed listening to Transformers Tuesdays, uh, please check out our backlog of episodes and consider listening to all our other shows. We're on all kinds of social media, so if you want to message us, if you have your own take on how the IDW universe ended, you can email us at fanholspodcast at gmail.com and let us know. We're also on Tumblr, Twitter, Instagram. We're on Facebook. We appreciate all the likes, feedback, retweets, shares that we receive. And until the next time, this is going to be Derek, Derek WC, signing off. Hey, it's Mike, and uh, don't fuck with Buzzsaw, because he will shred you. He will shred you, man. This is Justin, and I'm a pepper. Wouldn't you like to be a pepper, too? This is Tony, and, uh, oh, Leoric is my cup stand-in? Fuck you! Is that how you say it? I just like I don't even know how to say it. Like I, I usually say Leoric, but uh, I think that's, that's how they say it. That's how much that's I know about visionaries. Yeah, I was like I say I said Leoric. I think that's how much I fucking care about visionaries. I say a load and ug. <laughs> just just like just like how Justin doesn't know what Slide's gender is. I don't know what Leoric's name is. Yeah, so that's fine. Maybe the cartoon I grew up with, he was Leoric because he looked like Tony Stark with a magic staff. But then maybe Leo Rick is the dude with the, the blonde dreadlocks that, like, teleports Transformers to, like, places. Over the course of this podcast, did we even ever mention Mask? Like, the Mask guys are in it for, like, a panel, I think. Yeah, I think I yelled and screamed about Miles oh, Mayhem right. at some yeah. point. Yeah. I read um like my advanced copy of Star Trek versus Transformers number three like mm. the other day, which is coming out next week. Mm. And like there is something in it, Justin, that you will be like, I need a toy of that. Oh, like, no. Yeah, like I I, I I I won't tell you if you don't want, but like no, I don't don't spoil it. Oh, okay, because it's, it's it it was pretty awesome. Mm. Mm. Now I'm like I'm like wondering. <laughs> I, I I have thoughts. I'm like, uh, is it like? Primus is a Dyson sphere, and that's what Scotty crashed on, or something like that. <laughs> like I don't know. No, they're like like I won't say anymore because like I'm, yeah. I'm like I I was I I'm like excited to like tell you, but like I'll 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 let you like like see it for yourself because it was great.
V'ger, V'ger was a giant transformer the whole time. <laughs> hey, Mike, can I type to you? Because I was just... Yeah, sure. Uh, so you want, you want to know, Derek? No, that, that that's what I was guessing it was. So you can you can type me back without spoiling it for Justin. So you type me. Type fast. Yeah, no, my, my keyboard <laughs> has been acting wonky, so I keep missing letters. Give me my letters back. Ah, okay. So I, I, I was pretty, I was pretty, yeah, I, good enough. Yeah, that's, that's kind of <laughs> what I thought. All right. Carbon unit. Yeah, like Optimus Prime says, like, we come from the past, and in the past, Star Trek, the motion picture is the greatest movie of all time. <laughs> and then Prime has, like, um, motion picture, like, uniform colors. <laughs> It's like Opt- Opt- Optimus Prime said, like, like me and the crew of the Ark were watching Star Trek, the motion picture, and then we fell asleep for four million years. <laughs> I got Rekgar for $1.79 this week. Like, my Fuck Walgreens made awesome. a grievous... Yeah, yeah, my Walgreens made a grievous mistake in putting him I, on sale. I thought it was funny you paid more for combos. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I bought him in a bag of combos. <laughs> Hi, Mike. I haven't seen you in four years. How's it going? <laughs> Not so bad. How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing pretty good, thanks. I'm all blushing now. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my. Tony, I'll give you a hug, and then we'll fall into a black hole together and die. Yeah, it, it, we'll be fine. Yeah, it'll be yep. great. <laughs>